welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps and is also available on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Thank you so much, Dylan and Kyle, for having me on board that Pigskin Podcast Network, sponsored by DraftKings. Oh, thank you so much for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today as we witnessed history today. We saw a team completely come out and crap down their leg, whatever whatever phrase you can come up with. It looked like the Dallas game, then it looked worse than the Dallas game. And then it absolutely was headed to be even worse than the Dallas game. And then something changed. The second half, we started scoring what figured to be like meaningless touchdowns. <laughs> meaningless touchdowns, making the score look a little prettier. Okay, why are these guys still in there? And next thing you know, the game is tied. We force overtime, and the Minnesota Vikings somehow, someway, with the final seconds ticking off the clock, defeating the Indianapolis Colts 39-36 to in a historic 33-point comeback. How did this happen? I don't know, but it did. It did happen. It happened because maybe this Colts team isn't that great. It happened maybe because the <laughs> Matt Ryan gave up the biggest lead in Super Bowl history, and now he has given up the biggest lead in NFL history. The Minnesota Vikings pass the Buffalo Bills. 32-point comeback <laughs> versus the uh, Houston Oilers. Warren Moon was the quarterback. Ironically, Warren Moon was the uh, random uh the random Viking of the week on Purple Daily, which is every Thursday on Score North, which is, you know, podcastable or YouTube, of course. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. Warren Moon. <laughs> I actually guessed him way before even Judd Zolgad. Judd is known to be able to pick up people's names right away and all that. You know, when you guess different little facts, different little facts. Right away when I heard this random Viking of the week lost, uh, played one playoff home game, lost a playoff home game for the Minnesota Vikings. He went to nine Pro Bowls, Hall of Fame. I'm like, Warren Moon. And then it took a couple more facts before Judd Zolgad jumped in. So, believe it or not, I was actually even ahead of Judd Zolgad with that one. But, um, yes, Warren Moon did give up the former, now former greatest comeback in NFL history to the Buffalo Bills back in 1990. Well, it was 93 January, but 92 in terms of uh, the season. The first season I started watching football full-time, 30 whole years ago, and here we are. Kirk Cousins is the is the, the quarterback now that holds that. Uh, Matt Ryan now is responsible for both of the biggest blown leads in NFL history. Quite frustrating for him, I can imagine. The Super Bowl and the overall general comeback. Uh, the last time around, the Buffalo Bills, it was a wild-card game. It looked like Houston Oilers were going to kick their butts and move on. So much for the Buffalo Bills going to any Super Bowl. They're a decent team, but Houston's better. Uh, I remember they beat the Vikings that year. Vikings were 7-2. and two. It looked like the Vikings were going to win that game, and then things just went south as that game progressed. I remember talking about that a few uh, weeks ago when we... Uh, I forget what brought that up. Now, because we weren't playing the Tennessee Titans, so I'm not sure what brought that up. 
I'm not even sure, but it got brought up somehow, some way recently. Uh, this game, obviously, this team, Indianapolis Colts, was a huge frustration for the Minnesota Vikings historically, partially because of the Peyton Manning era, but also, again, a lot of the, a lot of even the days uh, of yesteryear way back, except the very beginning, somehow the Vikings started out good against this Colts team. But overall, they'd been a massive frustration for the Vikings. Uh, the last time we beat the Indianapolis Colts was 97 finally salvaging what was a classic uh, was a classic collapse. It had become a classic thing. 95, the Vikings looked promising, and they collapsed, missed the playoffs. 96, the Vikings looked insanely good, and they collapsed, and were a wild card, one and done. 97, it looked like that team was really on, on its way to being something special, collapsed, and then made a miracle at the Meadowlands, and, and then got crushed in the second round by San Francisco, kind of like the Saints here a few years back in 2019. So here we are now in 2022, one of the last games of this uh, actual calendar year. Uh, Minnesota Vikings clinch a division championship in a game that looked like not only are we not going to clinch the division title today, but San Francisco is going to catch us. Just watch. We're going to be uh, the, the third seed. It's just going to fall apart. We're going to maybe be adequate. We're not going to have home field advantage after the first round. And it's just going to be like, I don't know, one of those mediocre years. We'll probably end up blowing a, a wild card game at home like we almost did in the divisional game, the first ever playoff game in U.S. Bank Stadium. We almost lost to the Saints, if not for the uh, Minneapolis Miracle. So, again, a very historic, historic day. This first segment will probably be longer than normal. This first segment is being recorded on Saturday afternoon on uh, December 17th. Uh, you'll notice the show is being uploaded on Sunday night, December 18th. That's just the way it's going to be. I, I'd love to just upload this right away, but you got all these other games, and then, of course, the uh, next week's opponent. Even though I did do the preview already last week, I'm fessing up to that. I did the preview last week because I thought we were playing the Giants, and then, oh, crap, what am I doing? So I actually had to re-edit that. I actually saved it, so I'll uh, probably use that going into segment two because it was a pretty good preview, but I'll add to it a bit leading into it because it'll actually have this week's uh, Giants game going in um, to kind of add to that. It was a very fun, historic uh, back and forth of that one, so I, I didn't want to delete it. It was just well done, I thought, in my opinion anyway. Maybe you would disagree, <laughs> maybe not. But back to this Colts game, of course, I just, you know... I, I, I guess I'm the greatest jinxer of all time in terms of I jinxed the Colts, not the Vikings. I put up the uh, post-game thread in the third quarter, thinking, "Yeah, there's no way this, there's no way we're going to have the greatest comeback in NFL history today. It's impossible. It would be because they were down 33 to nothing. So it would count as the greatest comeback in NFL history." I said, "It's not going to happen. So I'll just post this here. You guys can kind of get started if you want. But either way, it's there." Uh, and then I started. I, I put the game on mute, but watched the entire thing and started working on another project. As I was watching the entire thing, I do solely promise, I was watching the entire game very alertly, believe it or not, because I was just kind of like, huh, well, they're hanging in there. And why the heck aren't they taking Kirk Cousins out? Just just take him out. What are you doing? Just take him out. What if something stupid happens? Take Justin Jefferson out. This is dumb. Just take him out. Like, what What if something, what if, what if there's an ACL or an ankle or something? Like, leave it, you know... Just some dumb thing. And then, well, guys got banged up and blown up all over the place. But it looks like no catastrophic, awful injury, this and that. Derisaw cramped up uh, as we headed into overtime multiple times, LeBron James style. Uh, <laughs> LeBron James in San Antonio when they had those horrible hot conditions in the, 19, uh, in the 2014 NBA Finals. 
when the building was like 92 degrees because the air conditioner broke or something. That's really disgusting. In San Antonio, Texas in June, no air conditioning. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Do you want everybody to die? I mean, that's really scary. Um, okay, but next where I need to be. Um, uh, and then uh, K.J. Osborne also was cramping up on the sidelines. Justin Jefferson looked like he might have had a concussion a couple times. The first one was a chest. The next one was what possibly was. But the way he threw his helmet and everything, that didn't look like a guy that had a concussion. So, no. <laughs> Usually a guy with a concussion is doing everything but throwing his helmet. I just saw a field goal missed here. Uh, the Brown Bowl is on live right now. Also on the Saturday showdown as we are later in the season. Now we get these Saturday games. The Cleveland Brown Bowl between Baltimore and the Cleveland Browns, of course. They get that twice a year. Just imagine having your former team in the same division and you play them you know, twice a year in the NFL. I guess the Minnesota Wild do have the Dallas Stars in the same division, but it wasn't right away. Like, this was right away. Just, yep, here you go. Right when Cleveland came back. And unlike the North Stars, they got to keep every ounce of their history, including their uniforms, their logo, everything. I wish the Minnesota Wild could have done the same, been able to keep the history, but the NHL screwed that up badly. Uh, six to three at the half. Yuck. Uh, it's, it's Huntley versus uh, Watson, who's not as good as he used to be. We'll see if he gets his head out of somewhere. Let's get back to the Colts game. Again, utter disaster. It looked just like the Dallas game. Fumbling the ball, blocking the snap. Um, yeah, Delvin Cook, extremely, extremely frustrating. Broke for a 40-yard gain, ended up fumbling. Next thing you know, things are going the other way. The Donna Shell defense is giving up everything, everything coming its way. Um, it's unbelievable. Third and 10, third and one, third and three, third and five, third and seven. Any situation you can imagine, first down Indianapolis. And it was just the kind of thing that could make you pick up your expensive TV and throw it like Mario and Super Mario 2, like through the vegetables, just just throw it and smash it. Um, or like in Zelda where Link through the, would pick up like a pot and throw it and it would break, that kind of thing. You know, you know that kind of thing. Some of you played games back in the day, some of you didn't, some of you still play them. I still play retro games from back in the day. I don't play current games at all. I'm very old school. Um, but who cares? Yeah, you're not here to hear about that, but you could listen to the Video Game Flashback podcast, I suppose. Brand new episode, Jaws of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yep. Anyhow, shameless plug. I apologize. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> yep, but um, McLaughlin was on all day with his kicks. He just made everything that he needed. Um, but again, I mean, special teams, you had a blocked punt, you had a failed fake punt, you had a pick six, you had a fumble by uh, Delvin Cook, and you had a defense that can't stop anybody ever, 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 ever. It was a complete, <laughs> it was a total team effort of pure incompetence. It was garbage, it was awful, and any uh, any non-podcaster, outside of being bored to, de- bored to death, or just, I guess, loyal to a fault, would have shut the game off and moved on. Maybe turn it on, listen to Paul Allen, uh, you know, Paul Allen on KFAN or iHeartRadio or whatever, depending on your location and obviously, you know, what you prefer to use or what or what what have you. Going with old school radio or with the iHeartRadio version, which is obviously nice to have because you can be doing anything with that one without having to worry about uh, reception issues. Unless, the, unless your cell reception gets bad, bad enough. I've never had that happen. <laughs> um... 
It's actually really nice to do that sometimes, but uh, yeah, <laughs> generally speaking, if it's like a blowout game. But this one, just, I don't know, I started working on a project. Let's just, uh, you can read between the lines and what it was. Uh, I started working on a project, the TV in plain view the entire time. And it's like, okay, we're, we're making the score a little bit cuter, whatever, but okay. But okay, we're actually kind of, you know, there's a little little bit of a chance. Gosh, we're within 21. I mean, it's, it's okay, we're within 14. Huh, we're within 14. Now we're within eight. This is getting serious. And there's all this time left on the clock. Oh my God. <laughs> so it just, you can't believe what you're watching. It's like, okay, you know, that's kind of how the Buffalo game was. The game was on. My brother was watching it. This is 92, of course. Well, you know, 93, but the 90, yeah, 92 seasons version of the wildcard postseason, wildcard weekend. I was kind of doing other things. Maybe I was playing Nintendo or God knows what, you know, Super Nintendo probably at that time. I think I, yeah. Yeah, I had just gotten the Super Nintendo for Christmas, uh, 92. And yes, I call it Christmas. It was a Christmas present. <laughs> I had gotten that. And then, um, so who knows, maybe I was playing uh, Link to the Past, uh, which was one of the two games I got, or Mario World, which came in the system. I was playing something, basically, most likely. And then it just kind of kept coming back. You're like, it's a little bit closer. Huh. And then it's like a field goal or whatever. Ties the game. Goes to OT. And then next thing I know, a field goal and the Buffalo Bills win. Because back then, a field goal wins the game no matter what. You know, and the Vikings were the last victim of that in uh, 2009. So, that you know, 2009 NFC Championship game. 2010 officially on the calendar. Uh, and there it is. There it is showing the greatest comeback in NFL history. This is NFL Network, of course, that's flashing in the background. Um, it just, you know, that's kind of how it is. You just kind of chip away, chip away. There's always time left. Crazy stuff can happen if you allow a team to get back in the game. Um, suddenly, the Donichel defense started, like, playing defense a little bit. And maybe the Colts were getting complacent or just incompetent, one thing or another. And... <laughs> Jeff Saturday got under my skin a little bit, as did some of the other people. Uh, Jeff Saturday throwing a flag or whatever on a KJ Osborne. Uh, I thought it was a catch. Apparently, no. It's just ah, the ball hit the ground before he had complete com uh, control of the ball. KJ Osborne, he would have had closer to 200 yards in the game. Um, obviously, the usual ice the kicker bull crap, which I hate with a passion. I say just play, just let him kick. I think they're most likely to miss actually in that situation. Because it's just, it's boring and it's irritating as a fan. You just want to get on with it. Let's see him make it or miss it. Hopefully he makes it uh, <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, like multiple challenge flags. And it felt like, uh, you know, like, uh, what was it? A uh, Matt Ryan uh, quarterback sneak on fourth and one. That ended up being an extremely big deal. Clearly he didn't make it, but Saturday threw the challenge flag anyway. Luckily, the call was not overturned. Then that was what gave the Vikings a chance to uh, continue with the ball. I got the Vikings a chance to ha have the ball back. And uh, I believe that was all the way late in the overtime period. Um, Colts uh, had a chance to possibly kick a field goal. This was in overtime. This was in the fourth quarter to possibly put the game out of reach. It was a one-score game at the time. Luckily, the Vikings did recover the ball. And because of that, there was a turnover on downs. And then some, you know, and then some crazy stuff happened, and you felt like a million dollars. Delvin Cook, who I, I was saying basically he's done, get him the hell out of here. Made a couple of huge plays in this game, of course. 
Um, the touchdown he had was actually a catch. So I was like, wait a minute, didn't he run in a touchdown? No, it was a catch. It was a catch and scamper, a 64-yard play, which had us all just like, oh, my God. Like, we just tied the game up. Or, well, got in position to tie the game up. And then Kirk Cousins to TJ Hawkinson. This one was completed. Uh, there were so many, so many opportunities where you thought the Vikings were or so many, yeah, Vikings would get a first down and they ended up not getting it in the game, even when the comeback was happening. T.J. Hawkinson, sometimes it feels like he has the mobility of a Sasquatch, and might as well be a Sasquatch. He basically is at this point. No, And it's a it's a compliment in a way. You know, he's a tight end. He's not a speedster receiver. He's not uh, running back in his uh, young prime at like 24, 25, because, yeah, running backs. Delvin Cook doesn't look like he's in his prime. He really doesn't. But um, you know how that works. But he has still some explosivity at times. And you're just praying to God he doesn't fumble the ball. Um, Hawkinson, the mobility just wasn't there in a lot of uh, third down plays. He ended up having to punt or going for it or this and that. Kirk Cousins lacked mobility in today's game in a lot of ways. But you never know. You never know what kind of injuries they might have. You never know if their ankle was turned like multiple times or who knows. It's probably been turned hundreds of times in their career, sadly. Uh, maybe not not super bad, but like they still play through it, this kind of thing. So mobility was certainly not there. Oh, oh was it Ayan Badejo? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, oh no, no. Ayafeti Odenigbo. Odenigbo. Oh, my God. He drove me nuts. He was able to wrap up Kirk Cousins multiple times, including a sack, but multiple occasions. Both of the actual tackles he had were like regular tackles were on like uh, were in key third down or uh, plays where he was able to get to Kirk Cousins' ankle and pull him down. Oh, and Yannick Ngakwe also. Yep, that's the same guy. He got a sack in the game. Oh, Odenigbo. Jeez, he made some big plays down the st- uh, stretch. Oh, yeah. Now I'm getting really confused. Yeah, that's the one that was on the Vikings. I, I have Fetty. Yeah, then there was Deo uh, Odeyangbo. Yeah, that's another one. It's like <laughs> he had two sacks in the game. Jeez, he was absolutely dominant. Yeah, I have Fetty was the former Viking. But, yeah, then there was the other guy. That's the one that probably threw me off at times. He made some huge plays. And, of course, did the ah-ah-ah. Uh, 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 you know, he was spectacular. He might have been the best player on this Indianapolis Colts defense. Uh, Stephen Gilmore got in everybody's freaking skin, uh, including Justin Jefferson, wanted to kill him, basically, on multiple occasions. But luckily, the Minnesota Vikings offense would kind of get their butts in gear in the second half, and the Vikings defense played better, basically significantly better, and the Colts offense got crappier and crappier. Duke Shelley, one of those unsung heroes, that kind of came in out of nowhere, and wow, he did a wonderful job in this game. Some key pass deflections and some big tackles as well. A couple of big tackles that ended up preventing first downs. Duke Shelley, wonderful, wonderful. Just love what he's able to do uh, late in the game. Shannon Sullivan. I mean, yeah, and there were multiple cases in this game, and going into last week as well, where Justin Jefferson should have had a touchdown. They say he stepped out of bounds, and he's like, huh, really? You say I was out? Are you kidding? It should have been a touchdown, and even if it's like, oh, he wasn't out of bounds, oh, well, too bad, so sad, you still get the ball at this spot. Same with multiple occasions in this one, where Shannon Sullivan would have had a touchdown standing still, basically, on a a scoop, and scoop six, basically, you should call it. I kept calling it fumble six. Maybe it's a scoop six. Um, And then uh, there was another play as well, where Osborne should have had a touchdown, and that was taken away. So uh, I'm just crazy to imagine. Two touchdowns were actually taken away from the Vikings, which does tell you something as well. 
Uh, this game may have been tied up a lot sooner. And, well, clearly the Vikings are the better team here. Clearly the Vikings were the better team, but we screwed around and let this team kick the crap out of us for, uh, for, the, for the first half of this game, which is disgusting and stupid and all that. It should never have happened. The Colts' defense is really good, but luckily the Vikings' offense was even better when it mattered. It's a very, very stingy defense. I remember talking about that before, but also they're just, they're good. The pass rush, uh, pass deflections, it's a talented defense. Uh, Matt Ryan used to be a good quarterback, and he looked incredible early on. He had a perfect quarterback rating after the first quarter, and then finally there were some incomplete passes, and then there were quite a few more as the game progressed. Um, It didn't help having their star running back go out. So, and then Michael Pittman Jr. is more of a receiver. He had a couple of key first downs, which drove us crazy on those third and shorts. Um, Zach Mox was overall not that great, but he got some key first downs as well. But luckily, the Vikings were able to wrap him up a few times. Um, but an overall historic day that made us all feel so, so good. Uh, K.J. Osborne showed up to play, and he was the first Viking receiver to finally do something in this game. The first one. Uh, and, and again, he felt so good, like finally something, and how they took it away, that was that 40, or not 40, it was like a 30-some yard catch, they took it away, but then right after that, it's like K.J. Osborne kind of shook it off, and came back and continued to play uh, overall, 157 yards for K.J. Osborne, that's my guy right there, number 17, just like the a former number 17 that I love so much, Jerry is right. Um, K.J. Osborne, I think, is more talented than Jarius Wright, honestly. Um, but I, I just love both of them so much. I mean, I, I guess guys with 17 on the Vikings now, I have a special place for, and uh, K.J. Osborne's got that. Last week, Purple Daily. Um, so it's like Mondays. Mondays with, uh, so there's Purple Daily episodes, the regular, the regular show. Then there's, you know, Before I Die, Before We Die, whatever, which is kind of like the beer, you know, with uh, Surly because we all want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die, whether we're 100 or whatever. <laughs> um, and then there's uh, and, and, and then there's Realistic Randy, who most of the time I agree with him and all of his rips on Zimmer and this and that and how he's realistic. You know, he's going to cut people down. He's not going to just be a rah-rah fan. But then he said something last week that irked me, irked me. Take KJ Oz, just take KJ Osborne, stop throwing him. Stop throwing him the ball. Just take him out of the offense. He's he's not worth it, man. He's guard. You know he he can't play basically. You know, just, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but yeah, just just stop. Stop throwing him the ball. He's you know he's not good basically. Well, <laughs> well, how do how do you how do you like him now? How do you like him now? <laughs> As some former gopher, uh, a, a former goalie might say for the Golden Gophers when they won the national championship for hockey. How do you like me now? <laughs> As he said to a certain. Uh, local radio host who uh, had been ripping on him, but uh, I think we were all totally fine, including Jeff Dubay, the radio host. <laughs> totally fine with our favorite club winning the national championship, you know, with that guy as the goalie, Adam Hauser. And K.J. Osborne, well, realistic, Randy, how do you like him now? You know, I mean, that's all I got to say. I was still a fan, and I, I that irked me. I was thinking, really? You want to take him out of the offense? Adam Thielen is, you know, past his prime. Just like Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen are past their prime. I'm not saying, and, and I was, yes, I am an idiot. I apologize for trashing on Dalvin Cook at the beginning of the game. But to, to, to act like he's still a, like a full-on superstar, I think that's wrong. Uh, total yardage today, yes, 190. Okay, so I have to be fair. 190, so I have to take the fall for that. Um, 
way to show up, way to way to recover after that awful fumble, Dalvin. Generally speaking, way to recover. Unfortunately, 40 of those yards were, you know, on that fumble. So that was his longest run of the day. Otherwise, Delvin Cook's run yards would not have been that good. <laughs> so if you were able to negate those 40 yards because of the fumble, his numbers wouldn't be as hot when it comes to running. But again, some of those catch and scampers, I think, actually put Delvin Cook in a better position, which, you know, in a lot of ways make him more valuable to an offense, even as he ages, with uh, his ability to catch and do something with the ball, which just Adrian just didn't do. He didn't catch and, and run with the ball. He didn't block either. He was just a running back, and that's it. He was an exclusive running back, and that's what drove everybody crazy about Adrian Peterson, along with the fact the son of a biscuit fumbled the ball all the time, and in the biggest game of his life, bleeped up everybody, bleeped everybody over in that game, and I'll just keep saying it. Um, It was the biggest foul-up of all time, as I'm trying not to drop F-pops. Biggest foul-up of all time to lose that Saints game. Biggest. Um, Ironically, this Indianapolis Colts franchise lost the Super Bowl to that Saints team two weeks later. Kind of crazy. And three years earlier, they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning at quarterback. Tony Dungy as the coach and uh, Leslie Frazier as, uh, I believe he was a secondary coach for that team, if I remember correctly, because Mike Tomlin was a defensive coordinator before that. Or no, he was also a, a secondary coach, actually. As uh, yep, Tomlin became the Vikings defensive coordinator under Childress. Within a year, he was the Pittsburgh Steelers coach. And next year, he won the Super Bowl and blah, blah, blah. Frazier took over as the D coordinator years later. So it was fun times. Positivity, negativity, this and that, this and that, and a little that. Um, but the way this team stuck with it deserves my respect in a big way. Again, Justin Jefferson <laughs> able to hang in there and make the big plays make some great plays despite some very tight coverage and some insanely frustrating moments in the game where some cheap hits were t- were, were uh, taking place and some penalties were not called and some penalties were called on the Vikings that were just, uh, or just uh, situations where, nope, the down by contact when clearly it was a fumble, absolutely a freaking fumble. I believe it was Jackson. Jack, yeah, it was Jackson. It was absolutely a fumble. I couldn't believe it. Um, and the ball was considered a fumble. It was a touchdown. It was a touchdown standing up for... Uh, that's the worst part about all of that. Okay, yes, you gave us the fumble. Thank you. So at least we got the ball back. Oh, but that touchdown? And no, 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 no. That doesn't count because, well, well, they weren't ready for you. You know, that doesn't. that's not fair. You can't do that. That touchdown should have counted. Damn it. But I understand the rule, but it's still bleeping frustrating that you couldn't see the guy was standing up, completely standing up with the ball still, and it was not forward progress at all. The ball was going, he was moving forward still, and the ball was coming out. So, I mean, there was another one, again, the forward progress, which uh, devastated the Vikings, where it was the first down for the Colts when it probably shouldn't have been insane frustrating as well uh, in this game. One thing after another could drive you absolutely nuts, drive you away from the uh, the TV screen, to go out for a walk, maybe listen on the radio, or God knows what else. <laughs> God knows what else. Um, drink a ton of surly beer. I don't know. I mean, I'm not into heavy drinking. I like to drink in relative moderation. I would say I drink in moderation, yes. Um, that doesn't make me better than you or anything, depending on who you are. But it's just, I, I personally believe it's a better choice for myself. Uh, <laughs> um, but the nice comeback in this one, able to stick to it despite the failed... Um, the failed fake punt, the blocked punt, 
the pick six by Kirk Cousins, which felt like this game is completely over. Completely over. Julian Blackman, which made it 30, and, uh, 30 to nothing. Like, there's no way in bleeping, bleepity bleep that the Vikings are going to come back and win this game. It's 30 to nothing with six minutes left in the first half. How how are you going to come back in a game like that? When we look like the the worst team in the NFL again. Like, just like against the Cowboys. You look like the worst team in the league. Against Detroit, we looked like a team that was clearly not as good as the Lions last week. It was so frustrating. And then, oh, he made the stop. Oh, he made the stop. Chase McLaughlin only makes a 27-yarder. We made the stop. Oh, well, it's 33 nothing. We're not going to make the greatest comeback in NFL history or anything. That's impossible. This team, the way they're playing today, with this crappy defensive uh, scheme, with this, uh, with with Kirk Cousins playing crime, uh, prime time. <laughs> yeah, crime is right. It was criminally bad the first half. All of them. Kirk Cousins. Uh, that pick six was, you know, obviously that was a Kirk Cousins issue. Later on, Jalen Reger like screwed us a couple times including one that ended up being an interception that completely killed a drive and derailed any chances of us coming back, or so we thought. Jalen Reger stopped when he could have kept going and possibly had a touchdown. So that's the second interception for Kirk Cousins. Jalen Reger did not have a good day, generally speaking. So a lot of people joking about the Eagles fleeced us again, just like the whole Sam Bradford trade. Yeah, that was not not that great. It's just ironic, too. The whole, we got Favre. We got Favre. You have this quarterback who's really good, but we got Favre. You know, and we kicked your butts twice that year. And the next year, the Vikings fell off the face of the planet. Favre was done, and the Packers won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, and then the Eagles won the Super Bowl after the Vikings acquired Sam Bradford and blah, blah, blah. It's just ironic how stupid crap like that continues to happen. Um, again, Rager didn't have a good day, generally speaking. And guys were kind of falling like flies at times, but kept coming back including Justin Jefferson, Patrick Peterson, um, Christian Derrissaw. Thank God, you know, it was mostly just cramps or just kind of aches and pains during the course of the game, um, generally speaking. Um, Shannon Sullivan, I uh, lost it a little bit. I say if you're going to throw your helmet, get to the sideline first. Please get to the sideline. That could have killed us um, because, well, <laughs> we did get the ball back, but we were pushed 15 yards behind because of the unsportsmanlike conduct. So, uh, stuff like that, you know, it's just kind of like unnecessary, so <sighs> but again, you're not going to come back from 33 down, now okay, KJ Osborne finally got the touchdown he deserved earlier, there you go, so that's nice, McLaughlin again, another freaking kick, 52 yards out, little did we know, that'd be the last points the Colts would score, the last points the Colts would score, but 36-7, to even if the Colts were done scoring in this game even if 36 to 7 with 5 minutes left in the third quarter come on are you serious we're going to come back from 29 down after being down 33 and kind of sputtering around all this time well we put together a decent uh, drive and got in the end zone with CJ Ham old Ham on Rye or whatever you want to call him green eggs and ham got in the end zone and then the fourth quarter started looking like the uh, 1985 Vikings with that 28 point fourth quarter comeback with Wade Wilson at quarterback so, Wade Wilson, as, as great as Tommy Kramer was, Wade Wilson was the bigger gamer, as you could tell. Um, sometimes Wilson was average, he looked like crud, but then sometimes he was a hero. As he won those big playoff games that took the Vikings to the NFC title game uh, in, in uh, Tommy Kramer's stead. As Kramer became an oft-injured alcoholic, yes, yes, alcoholic. I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. An oft-injured alcoholic. Uh, the Vikings scored 28 points against the Philadelphia Eagles of all teams in 1985. And uh, won that game. 
Unfortunately, just a regular season game. This one was as well, but hey, we'll take it. We'll freaking take it any time, any time. Even if it's against a mediocre to bad team, you're still going to take it every single time in this situation. It was a 22-point fourth quarter for the Vikings. It could have easily been more. It could have probably been 28, you know, or 29 or whatever the heck it would be with the Vikings winning it. Or let's just say 25, 25-point fourth quarter, 25-0 to zero in favor of the Minnesota Vikings, which would have been gorgeous beyond belief. It ended up being a 36-3 to three run for Minnesota, forcing it into overtime, and then a 39-3 to three run to finish the game. Unbelievable. After the 33-point deficit, 39-3 to three run in favor of the Minnesota Vikings because remember how, even though the Bills were down by 32, that ended up being a higher-scoring game at the end. I believe it was 38-35 to 35 in favor of the Buffalo Bills in that uh, fateful wild-card game after, at the end of the 92 season. Historic, historic, and very historic stuff. That's what today was. Um, again, extreme frustrations in the overtime period. It felt like this game was going to be a tie. It really did. And it's like, well, we made the comeback, but it's a tie. We didn't finish it. We didn't finish the comeback. So does it count? It's like, not really, because we didn't win the game. That would have been devastating. And it's the freaking Colts. And, ugh, you tied with the Colts. Ugh, what are you doing? Damn it. You tied the Colts. You stink. At least you came back, though. At least you came back. But then now your record's weird. And you got that stupid tie. Uh, it might get real weird with San Francisco. Maybe they'll get the number two seed somehow because of that. Because anything's possible out there. Um... Maybe still, there's still a chance in you know where the Vikings can catch the Eagles. You never know. Even though it's unlikely, it still could happen. Because, well, once you're down 33 to nothing and you come back and win, you start believing anything could happen. You start believing this team might even win a Super Bowl this year. I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for it until they're holding the trophy at this point because everything is <laughs> historically in the postseason. It just hasn't happened. So it's kind of the way it is. You know, as simple as the Timberwolves going into Utah and winning a game. You know, it's like, just, you know, do it. Just do it. Stop screwing around. So, if this uh, this team is in position in an NFC title game against the Eagles or whoever, just freaking win it. Finally get to, finally cross that threshold back into the promised land of the Super Bowl and then finally claim that promised land for real, for your own. Someday would be... <laughs> Hopefully this is the year, but... We'll have to wait and see what happens in the upcoming weeks and all that. This time we are playing the New York Giants. This time it's real. We are playing the New York Giants. And we'll talk about that more in the second uh, second segment, of course. And we'll look around the league, including this brown ball, which is as brown as it gets, if you know what I mean. It's terrible. Uh, Baltimore's 9-4, and four, but, uh, you know, they have Todd Huntley as quarterback. And I don't know. Deshaun Watson isn't impressing anybody. That was just, ugh. And a, just a weak play, rollout play, and he overthrows the guy. Just, I mean, you're out two years for suspensions and such, and now, of course, he did have an ACL a few years back as well. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe someday he will regain that form, but it ain't there right now, so it's not good. Uh, with that said, <laughs> wow, thank you for listening to this uh, first segment. It was longer than normal, about 10 minutes longer than normal, but what would you expect in a 33-point comeback the greatest comeback in NFL history. I could probably go on for another hour if you'd like, but and I probably will continue on it into fan interaction and even in the second segment, looking around the league and the NFL. Because this was the, I mean, 
we now have two of the best games of the season, if not, and two historic football games that we're going to remember 20, 30, maybe even 40 years from now. Because Viking fans remember that 1985 game. Viking fans remember the 98 game in Green Bay where we just came out and uh, came out and it was a Randy Mouse coming out party. It kicked their butts in a, uh, a rainy night at Lambeau Field, kind of a misty night. Um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day, a coming out party for Randy Moss. And that's when the Vikings became the best team in the world until we lost to the Atlanta Falcons anyway. So that was an amazing feeling, at least for a few months there. Unfortunately, it didn't end well. Hopefully this time it does. I, I hate bringing that up. I really do. But history is what it is. And luckily, the Minnesota Vikings are on the positive t- uh, side of history so far this season, beating a Buffalo Bills team in a game that looked impossible and beating the Colts team, despite the fact they're not good, their coach is weird, and, and Matt Ryan has given up huge leads in the past. 33 points is 33 points. I don't care who you are. If you can come back and win a game like that, regardless of the situation, regardless who who the other team is, and there's good players on that Colts team, baby. Um, you can come back and pull that off. It is worth every freaking penny you could ever imagine, and um, it'll it'll last a lifetime. These These memories will last a lifetime. The Fran Tarkington Award winner for this show could go to multiple players. I want to give it to K.J. Osborne because he's the one that kind of broke the tide and stemmed the tide along the way and helped put the Vikings in position to possibly win this game. Uh, Kirk Cousins, a strong honorable mention. Justice Jefferson, a strong honorable mention in this game. The uh, Christian Potter Memorial, it's got to go to Jalen Rager. I just kind of, I don't know, there's just nothing there. It seems like hopefully he can figure it out and be better in the future. Um, I don't know, and I feel bad about that. Um, it could have gone to Donatel, it could have gone to Delvin Cook, but if I give it to Delvin Cook, who had 190 all-purpose yards, I, I'd look pretty bad. And also, I, I feel like a jerk, like saying, cut him, basically. <laughs> basically. But at the end of the year, don't be surprised if he is gone. You know, don't be surprised if he is gone. Business is business. But for now, enjoy him while he's here, and let's uh, hopefully get him a ring. Let's hopefully get him a ring, Greg Joseph a ring. Uh, Greg Joseph has been a hero in these big moments, unlike last year. <laughs> um, so, And he made all his extra points. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All four of those, including the 40-yarder, to ice this this uh, Colts team. So Harrison Phillips had some moments, I, I suppose, but generally speaking, the defense was frustrating for the most part until the second half. 33 points is 33 points. Uh, one other final thing as well. Obviously, you can't tear the defense to pieces when you consider at least 14 points were given by the offense. A pick six and, a, you know, the pick six and that, that uh, blocked punt. Um, it, it was not on the offense. Yeah, the offense gave them seven, gave the Colts seven. So, well, obviously, they had to make their extra point, but it counts. The offense gave them seven, and special teams gave the Colts seven points. So that's 14 points off of the uh, 36 given up by the Indianapolis Colts, or uh, given up to the Indianapolis Colts, which turns out to be 22 points, actually. So it's not it's not that bad. 22 is kind of like average. It's not that bad. So as annoying and as awful as that defense looks at times, especially on those third and nine or whatever, third and eight, third and seven, could drive you up the wall when they continue to happen. But I guess it was bend but no break when you think about it, believe it or not. Keeping the Colts to 22 points on offense could be worse could be worse. I will now shut up and allow you to uh, and allow us to get to segment number two. We'll talk about the league and the New York Giants game right after this. 
And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, after that epic first segment. Wasn't that fantastic? That might be the most fun I've ever had doing a Purple Mafia first segment game review. Uh, at least for the most part. It was entertaining, it was crazy, and at the same time, there's it's a combination of anger and frustration. Uh, Score North, it was funny what they did. I know I keep mentioning them. See, how I kind of jumped in real early, like third quarter, saying, here's your post-game thread. They started there. <laughs> They started Ventline at halftime, and it was basically, you know, uh, everybody calling in and, you know, lambasting the team, deservedly so. 33 nothing is pretty crappy, right? And then <laughs> and then the game just kept progressing, like, okay, yeah, they scored a touchdown. Oh, oh how, how cute. They scored another one. Get those guys out of there. They're going to get hurt, you know, kind of basically like what I was saying. So just thought it was funny. And then eventually it's like, okay, they won. I guess we're going to have to have a brand new Ventline. It was only an hour, but it was an hour is still a long time about how positive the comeback was, yet still, like, why did you fall behind by 33 in the first place? Anyhow, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about DraftKings right here, right now. That's our sponsor here on the Pigskin Podcast Network, and it is called also TPPN. Say that fast three times. <laughs> it's a tough one. The TPPN. Okay. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this Christmas and holiday season. So obviously, you probably picked the Vikings. You thought you were going to lose everything, this and that. And uh, you came out uh, okay, I guess. Maybe. Maybe you came out okay. (laughs) I think the Vikings were favored by four. So that's one I didn't bet on because it's kind of scary. But uh, we'll leave that alone, though. Other uh, That would have been a very interesting experience betting, though. That's for sure. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, of course, Android or Apple devices, place a same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. So basically, again, I mean, I've enjoyed the app very much. It's a lot of fun. And heck, some, sometimes you can kind of like paper bet too. You don't have to necessarily, you don't have to necessarily bet money if you're not comfortable. You can paper bet too. This and that. Uh, obviously, you just pretend, basically, but you see all the information there. So, like, using it as a, you know, using it that way. But, of course, I'm sure DraftKings would appreciate you doing some real betting as well. But at least that's if you just want to get started. Then you build up your confidence and say, okay, let's go for it. Just kind of like trading on E-Trade as well, you know, stock market. As for the call to action, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook app with TPPN minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And of course, you will see that <laughs> in the disclaimer, of course. So there you go. Again, that would be a better's nightmare game like that yesterday. Especially maybe you bet on the Colts. Especially maybe you bet on the Colts. Well, that's the easiest win ever. I mean, gosh, that's nice. I didn't think it would be this easy. And then it all falls apart and you lost. So people that may have been on the Colts out there. Oh, my. Oh, my. Um, Just like maybe the Buffalo Bills and uh, Houston Oilers fans way back in 
1992 slash the January 93. Okay, I've said that about 50 times already, but of course we're going to talk about that in a day like this. Not not as important of a game, unfortunately, but hey, still, you won a division championship. It was a t-shirt and hat day, I guess you could say. So that's the good part. I was almost about to jump into fan interaction segment. No, it's not time for that. It will be. It will be. And instead of uh, Sunday Night Football flashing on the screen at the moment, it's Timberwolves and Chicago Bulls. Because, well, it's the local team and I do a podcast for them. Otherwise, it's Washington and the New York Giants. I'm going to probably flip over there in a second. There's more commercials in this Wolves game than there's probably is in the Sunday Night Football. So, obviously, again, New York Giants are next week. But this game is kind of obviously fresh. It's a division rival. They both tied each other earlier in the season, which is kind of funny. And I do have a very, in my opinion, a very well-done preview already set up, especially conversating about the history of the two clubs, Minnesota Vikings and New York Giants. It's pretty rich, actually. Thursday was a nice classic matchup between the Seattle Seahawks and San Francisco 49ers as they clinched their division championship before anybody else, before the Philadelphia Eagles or the Minnesota Vikings, which is funny. It's just, it's weird. That just tells you it's a very strange division there. Um, And, of course, that's the team they beat. Beating Seattle is the key to winning your division championship, just like it kind of was for a long time there between these two rivals. Uh, The NFC Championship game many years ago, that was really something where uh, a certain cornerback blocked uh, Crabtree's, (laughs) blocked a potential game-winning touchdown to Crabtree and ran his big mouth, and uh, that drove me. I was so mad. (laughs) I was so mad. That was an unfortunate situation. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, nice to see San Francisco winning now. And I'm really, really impressed with Brock Purdy. Very impressed with Brock Purdy. He is the... He's going to be one heck of a story, I think. I mean, he's he, he might not have the greatest arm you ever saw, but he's putting the ball where it needs to be. Um, he's got that swagger and all that. He's an all-time passing leader for Iowa State and all that, so definitely impressive stuff. couple of touchdowns, quarterback rating of 117, 217 yards passing. Just very solid. And again, with um, <laughs> the ever-important uh, Debo Samuel injured, uh, we were talking about it on the last show, and it looked like, oh boy, he's probably toast. Uh, could it have been like a, an Achilles tear, broken foot, broken ankle? Looked like a broken ankle. Turns out to be an MCL sprain, so that's kind of the darndest thing you ever heard. Oh, no, no, excuse me, not MCL, high ankle sprain, which is not good or anything, but he will be available by the end of the regular season, God willing. So, San Francisco is far from dead, and of course, again, as valuable as W. Samuel is, at least you still have Christian McCaffrey as well, which was a massive, massive addition from the Carolina Panthers. George Kittle's value was real high. Obviously, Brandon Ayuk is good, but he didn't have a big game in this one. Only 19 yards and two catches. But Christian McCaffrey, all-purpose yards, was 138 in the game. Um, Ran the ball 26 times. A little bit of that uh, bell cow type of stuff. Um, 4.2 yards a carry, 108 yards on the ground, 30 in the air on six catches. Okay. (laughs) Six catches, 30 yards. All right. Chuck, uh, check, blah, check down Charlie up a little bit, but that's okay. That's okay, Brock. Still got the job done. He threw some touchdowns, both to George Kittle, apparently. That's their Travis Kelsey there with the uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Not quite as obnoxious, thankfully, because I, I just I just can't deal with that anymore. Uh, whenever the Chiefs lose, it's like, whew, thank God. Unfortunately, they're hanging up there with Buffalo at the top of the AFC right now. It's annoying. It really is. Geno Smith... Quite a few pass attempts. 
all kind of, again, check down Charlie-ish in this game. There was no chunk plays, as they say. So the longest uh, gain of the game was 33 yard, a uh, 33-yard reception from Kenneth Walker. And check this out, as they might say when I'm talking about DraftKings. He had a 33-yard long, right? He caught four passes and had 32 yards. So wrap your head around that one. What does that tell you? Yeah, that tells you a lot of luck. Just kind of throwing the ball and what the heck, you know, like no gain or minus one or whatever. So that's kind of crappy. But that's how it is. Apologize in advance. Also, I do have a uh, Ricola, let's just say. I guess it's a free plug for them. I have Ricola in my mouth right now. I just, I don't know, kind of coughing fits and such. I haven't been feeling my best for a couple days. I was better, and then bam, I was like super bad suddenly on Thursday. So that kind of sucked. Uh, let's move on from Thursday night. Obviously, that was a nice Thursday night matchup. So stop trashing Thursday night uh, matchups, everybody. We don't need to do that. I, I know there's some crappy matchups sometimes, like when the Jets were terrible. The Jets and the Jaguars, wow! You know, I remember that when those two teams were both terrible. They're actually okay now, especially the Jets. And they have the coolest uniforms in the league, arguably. Arguably. Um, in my opinion, it's way up on the list, though. It's the top three or four, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but this, this was not one of those uh, bad Thursday night football games on December the 15th. The Brown Bowl, this was brown, all right, and this is what was uh, happening. It was a brownout in Cleveland. The Browns beat the, uh, yeah, the Browns beat the Baltimore Ravens because, well, Lamar Jackson's still out, and Hundley didn't do a whole lot. He, he really didn't. Tyler Hundley, did I call him Todd? He was a baseball player. Wasn't he a catcher for, like, the Colorado Rockies who had, like, 40 home runs, but, you know, that was about all he did, though? Hit some homers, which was good. I called him Todd Hund- Hundley. It's, it's Tyler Huntley. So I apologize for that. Interception in the game. Just about 50% in completion percentage and only 138 yards. J.K., he was just kidding. Dobbins actually did pretty well. 125 yards and only 13 carries. He had a 37-yard chunk play. That's a new... That's a new word that's floating around now. I guess we can handle that. It doesn't offend me too much. It was a chunk play. It was a chunk. But it was really a chunk play in all honesty. Oftentimes is receiving. Obviously quarterback to receiver. Deshaun Watson, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's inaccurate. He's kind of a mess still. So we'll have to wait and see. Let's get off this brown ball. It's a brown out. It really is. It's garbage. Rematch of the AFC Championship game in that same year. <laughs> a few weeks later after that epic comeback versus the Houston Oilers. Buffalo Bills played against the best team in the AFC, the Miami Dolphins. Buffalo was number two, and I was hoping and praying to God. Dan Marino versus Steve Young, 92 uh, Super Bowl. Oh, God, and of course we got the polar opposite. Cowboys and Bills. Ugh, because I didn't, I know, that, that Bills team at the beginning was exciting when they played against the New York Giants at the beginning of their four Super Bowl run. But by the third one, it's like, eh, they're just going to lose again, even though I, I highly, I you know, I rooted for Buffalo in all four of those Super Bowls. Do you understand that? Do you know what that feels like? <laughs> so I can imagine how Buffalo fans feel, and that's why I actually kind of have an emotional attachment to the Buffalo Bills sometimes, except when they beat us in, like, you know, stupid games that drove us crazy and screwed up our season on occasion. It did happen once in a while, but uh, occasionally I have an emotional attachment to them just because of that, and this is a good team. It's a really good team. So, I was actually cheering for Miami at that time, though, because Miami was the other San Francisco 49ers. I have an attachment to the 49ers, too, you know, and I kind of like the Dolphins. You know, I I like a lot of teams. (laughs) But, I mean, again, especially as you get into the postseason, because 
Well, unfortunately, the Vikings don't win Super Bowls very often. In fact, we're still waiting for our first. And it's been, you know, a long time since they've been there. So, of course, it's nice to root for another team once in a while. Uh, San Francisco getting there. Miami hasn't been there. Gosh, their, their drought's been longer than ours of getting to a Super Bowl, which is kind of funny and crazy when you think about it. The Vikings actually have been to a Super Bowl more recently than the Miami Dolphins. Okay, that's not true. 84. San Francisco did play the Miami Dolphins and kicked the crap out of them when Marino was really young. So it wasn't even a good game, but I got a feeling that 92-93 Super Bowl would have been a really good one. I got a feeling, but the Dolphins just... I don't know. They just weren't up for it that day. Buffalo simply outplayed them. And in this game, it was kind of sort of like that as well. I don't know what's going on with the Dolphins. Uh, they, they've been a team of runs all year. Uh, started off freaking awesome. And then uh, Tua had the concussion, the double concussion, basically, which is really scary. But then he came back and was really good again. He actually played fairly well in this game, but not really. Not super accurate. Uh, Josh Allen was crazy, incredible. Four touchdowns, 304 yards, and showed uh, supreme athleticism. He did lose a fumble in the game, which was a big moment, but overall made up for it with stellar play and those four touchdown passes all over the field. So Stefan Diggs was not one of the touchdown recipients, which is kind of funny. It was a very, very snowy day. It started off not snowing, and it started off kind of like little flurries, kind of blowing around, and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And we all know what can happen in Buffalo because of their location on the map. Very, very close to, uh, I believe it's Lake Erie. So they could be in for some real rough times. Or is it Ontario in that case? Um, they're kind of both. Did I say Erie? Yeah. Well, Erie and Ontario are the two that are on the, that are the furthest east. Huron's the one we never talk about. That's like western Michigan or something. No. Or uh, northern Michigan, pardon me. Not western. So that gets interesting. Cole Beasley, it's like nobody remembers him anymore. Only one catch for nine yards. But, yeah, I mean, Morstad was hit also. They ran into the punter there. Three in the 20. He's a heck of a punter, actually, to be quite fair. Um, them being the Dolphins running into Morstad. He's the uh, Dolphins punter now. Uh, Tyreek Hill, old peace sign himself with 69 yards in the game. And a touchdown, Jalen Waddell with 114. Rashid Mostar was awesome throughout the entire game. 136 yards on the ground, including a 67-yard scamper that did not wind up in the end zone. But a fun game, unfortunately for Dolphins fans. It just didn't work out. They really hung in there, but an annoying statistic that's going to piss off and kind of scare fans of the Miami Dolphins is that Tua is over 4 in games below 50 degrees. Below 50 degrees? You're a football player. When do you play football? in the fall and in the early winter, right? And when you get into playoff games, it's the dead of winter. Like, we're talking January, baby. That's as cold as it gets. January and early February, potentially. Of course, yeah, I mean, a lot of times the Super Bowl is in a warmer climate or indoors. But once in a while, it's in a cold cold area, too, or not-so-warm area. Just imagine Tua going to Buffalo in January. I mean, I don't know. It gets pretty cold, right? So... (laughs) Or, or the Jets or something. That'd be funny. So, I don't know. The Dolphins are going to have a hell of a time winning a Super Bowl unless they're, like, the best team in the league all season. But, I don't know. They, they're going to have a hard time being the best team in the league because you're going to have to go on the road in a place like Buffalo and New England and stuff. So, I don't know. is isn't isn't a good uh, situation there. That, that kind of sucks when you think about that. I'm babbling too much, but it's a very 
interesting matchup that has playoff implications. Buffalo remains the top seed in the AFC. I'd rather see them than KC. So we'll see. We'll see if Buffalo and Minnesota are in the Super Bowl. Who will end the over four drought in the Super Bowl? Ooh, we shall see. Classic NFC South matchup between the the Falcons and the Saints. They both stink. They're both five and nine. The Saints won their fifth game of the season. Congratulations to them. Andy Dalton had a couple of moments in the game. A couple of touchdown passes. He was actually quite efficient. Uh, Taysom Hill, a couple of passes. One of them was a touchdown and had 80 yards. He was a, it was a perfect quarterback rating with some of those fun, cute plays with Taysom Hill. They're kind of a fun team to watch, but I don't know. They're still the Saints, so it's hard to root for them. It really is. I, I can't do it. And Tyron Matthew, who I, ugh, drives me nuts. He had a sack when I'm a corner blitz in the game, so good for him. Let's just move off this one. It's the Falcons and the Saints. They both kind of, I don't know, this isn't ESPN. They're not paying me to talk about the Saints and the Falcons necessarily. Even on ESPN, they'd probably say move off of that one. Pittsburgh, Carolina is fascinating stuff right here. Fascinating. Pittsburgh won their sixth game of the season. That's actually kind of fascinating in itself because they're like, I, I don't know, they just kind of, they've just won a couple games this year somehow, some way, because they, they have some talent and it's a, good, a well-coached team. Sam Darnold, actually, really good game for the most part. Very efficient. Quarterback rating was 108, and he threw a touchdown. Did not have an uh, interception or a fumble loss, so good for him. Uh, almost no running whatsoever against this Pittsburgh defense. So that's probably one of the reasons why the Steelers have six wins this season. Uh, they only ran for them being Carolina for 21 yards in the game. 21 yards in the game. So pretty wild. Pretty wild. They were playing from behind, so that does count. And Darnold helped bring them back in. But, I mean, gosh, you think you could run a little bit. you think you'd run a little bit. That's kind of weird. Xavier Woods had a few moments. Jeremy Chin with 14 tackles. That's kind of impressive, actually, in a pass deflection. T.J. Watt with a stack and a half, along with Cameron Hayward. Uh, Hayward. Hayward. <laughs> a stack and a half. Good for the Steelers. They got their sixth win of the year. They're six and eight. Technically, they're kind of still in the hunt. We'll see. I'm not too confident about that. Dallas Cowboys got beaten overtime by the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are also six and eight in second place in the AFC South. Good job. Good job. Nice to see the Cowboys lose a game. It really is. Uh, the way they embarrassed us, the way they embarrassed a t- certain team called the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, that's right. They embarrassed the Indianapolis Colts the last time the Colts played. Just an absolute garbage game. Uh, it looked competitive for a little while, and then it was like 99 nothing basically from there on. It was depressing. Trevor Lawrence continues to take steps forwards, and I'm really happy to see that. He actually outdueled Dak Prescott. Who's he's a good he's a good quarterback. To me, he's not a top five. He's not an elite. He's sure as heck not a Mount Rushmore in the uh, you know, he's not a Mount Rushmore for quarterbacks, current and sure as hell not all, all time either. Um, he's okay. I mean he he beat us pretty bad, Dak Prescott, which is annoying, but it is what it is. Uh, Trevor Lawrence with four touchdown passes compared to only one interception. Trevor Lawrence keeps getting a little bit better, a little bit better for the guy who looks like I don't know. He looks like he'd be like a knight, like a thousand years ago or something with the long hair. And uh, <laughs> you can imagine him in the fancy armor and all that. You know, the young knight. He just became a knight. He was a squire. Now he's a knight. <laughs> now he's one of the knights of the round table, you know. and <laughs> he, Trevor Lawrence. Just like, you know, Tristram or, or uh, <laughs> God knows, uh, Lancelot. You know, somebody like that. It just sounds like it to me. And he has that look, too. 
But, uh, well, he was pretty good in this one, wasn't he? Travis Etene Jr. with 103 yards on the ground, but he did lose a fumble. Trevor Lawrence did lose a fumble, so we actually did have two turnovers in the game. That kind of sucks, but overall played great. Anthony Barr with seven total tackles, by the way. Anthony Barr, former Viking, helped uh, lead the Cowboys there in a lot of ways. He wasn't the leader, though. He was uh, Damon Clark with nine tackles. Parsons, Micah Parsons got a sack in the game. Only two tackles, though. And things like that kind of probably could help Jacksonville win the game. They scored 40 points against the Cowboys. Vikings scored nothing against the Cowboys. It was stupid. That Cowboys defense made us look like idiots, and their offense made us look like idiots, too. It was the anti-Colts. It was the Colts game that uh, kept that stayed really crappy. They kept uh, uh, basically shattering our confidence time and time again. Like, it all started with Micah Parsons with a strip sack, and it kept getting worse and worse from there. Yesterday felt exactly the same in a lot of ways, but then we just kind of hung in there by some miracle from God, basically. Uh, Kansas City and Houston, the, one of the best versus one of the worst, if not the worst, went to overtime somehow. Yeah, Houston, Texas with one win went to overtime with the Kansas City Chiefs. It was in Houston, to be fair, so at least there's somewhat of a reason. A certain former Viking named Jarek frickin' McKinnon ran the ball 26 yards into the end zone to take the Chiefs to a walk-off victory versus the sappy and crappy Houston Texans with Davis Mills at quarterback, who actually was okay in the game. He was adequate. Philip Dorsett, huh? Huh. But overall, just, you know, Patrick Mahomes, kind of the usual 300-plus yards, did not turn the ball over. Only two touchdown passes, and that's funny because you always think about three, four, or five touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes, but only two. Uh, Isaiah Pacha, Pacheco, who drives me nuts, he's a little bit too crazy for me. He'll get a first down, and he acts like he's got to jump over a mountain or something. Like, he just made the greatest play of all time. So, like, settle down, buddy. Settle down. <laughs> Well, you weren't the one that won the game. You lost the ball. Ha ha. And then Jerry McKinnon ended up winning the game. So at least it was him. He's one person I could maybe choose, uh, cheer for on the Kansas City Chiefs. Juju Smith, Smith, Smith Schuster with 88 yards, but he also had a fumble lost. Somehow, some way, they were forcing some turnover. Then, yeah, that's what I thought. Schuster was a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers just a couple of years ago. Well, in 2018, anyway. His second year in the league, uh, 1,426 yards that season. Since then, he hasn't even reached 1,000. That's weird. I'm thinking he will, though, this year with the yucky Chiefs, unless he already has. Nope. He came in the offseason. That's right. I believe it was a trade, if I remember correctly. I believe it was a trade. So, well, they lost Tyreek Hill, so, uh-oh. The world's going to fall without Tyreek Hill. Denver and Arizona. Oh, God. Two fourth-place clubs. Denver with the win is 4-10. With the win is 4-10. Arizona with the loss is 4-10. Oh, God. Oh, a lot of people would have been like, this is your Thursday night football. Oh, oh. Brett Rippian. Brett Rippian versus Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley. Oh, oh, God. The highlight of the game. Are you ready for the highlight? It's an actual legitimate thing. Latavius, as some people call him. With 130 yards on 24 carries and a touchdown. 5.4 yards a carry. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Tecmo Football. 
That actually made me feel better about this disgusting game. And Deshaun Williams with two and a half sacks for Denver. And even better, J.J. Watt with three sacks in the game. Insanely impressive. So there's something to look at that's kind of cool. I felt like J.J. Watt had more than that coming into this game. Only six and a half? Because he's had 20 twice. You realize that? So now he's at nine and a half. But again, oft injured, oft injured, oft injured. He's just one of those guys. So, too little too late when it comes to J.J. Watt and the Arizona somethings. The Arizona dead sparrows is what they are What they are now. The Arizona sparrows. New England lost to the Las Vegas Raiders. New England lost to the Las Vegas Raiders. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. Oof. Ugh. What is that? Mac Jones couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. 13 of 31. 13 of 31. What more is there to say? He sucked. He sucked. He just absolutely sucked. Derek Carr, three touchdowns and an INT. Not that great of a played game by, by either team, to be quite honest. Except for except for uh, <laughs> Ramondre. Ramondre, to say that fast three times. Ramondre Stevenson, 172 yards on the ground. His long was 34. Wow. His long was only 34. Think about that. 173 yards, you thought he scabbered from the one-yard line or something. Holy moly, that's a good game, man. Ramondre, good job. <laughs> good job. Josh Jacobs, sometimes regarded as like literally one of the top, top-tier running backs in all of football, wasn't all that great, but he's, getting, he's going against Belichick's defense, so that does count for something, no matter how much crap you want to say. Oh, it's Brady needed. Uh, without Brady, he's nothing. Well, I mean, you know, Good coach and a good quarterback need each other. In fact, if the good if the good quarterback had a crappy coach, the good quarterback wouldn't win championships because the crappy coach would mess it up. And if the good coach had a crappy quarterback, you're not going to go very far either. That's just reality. They're both good. Okay, I, I go over that probably every show, and you're probably sick of hearing it. I apologize. Las Vegas won the game, which is weird. They're six and eight, and New England is seven and seven. That's weird too. I don't know. It is what it is. Tennessee Titans and Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are a weird team. The Tennessee Oilers, the Tennessee Titans, are a weird, weird team. They fired their general manager. They're still winning their division, and they're seven and seven. So they're kind of like the Tampa Bay Bucks of the uh, AFC right now. That's basically what they are: winning their division with a team that's like got no freaking future, like no direction at all. Uh, Henry, the running back, is past his prime, like a certain guy who plays for a purple and gold club. He had a great game, a great second half anyway. After sucking and bleeping the bleeping the, the first half, he was pretty good in the second half. Delvin Cook was beautiful. But unfortunately, both of them are kind of like, you know, Latanian Tomlinson when Adrian Peterson came into the lake. And, you know, when, <laughs> and kind of like Delvin Cook and Travis Henry when, uh, or Adrian Peterson when Delvin Cook and, and, and Henry came in the lake. So it kind of is what it is. Did I call him Travis? Derrick Henry. He had a good game, though. He had a pretty good game. 104 yards. 
He didn't dominate, though. A long of 13. And again, it's kind of similar to Dalvin Cook with nice numbers, but nothing to, you know, nothing to go crazy over. Chargers won this game somehow, some way. Basically with a, you know, solid, timely running game, I guess, from Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly both getting into the end zone. So, because uh, Herbert threw 42 passes with a couple of INTs, Tannehill also had an interception. So that's kind of how that goes. Um, there was a pick six in the game also and one of the interceptions from your friend uh, Justin Herbert uh, Kevin Beard had a pick six just three yards uh, in that one no that wasn't a pick six it was just an interception so I'm talking out of something somewhere I apologize that was not a pick six not even close so but just generally speaking kind of a messy game let's move on from that one Chargers still very much alive in the playoff picture in the AFC, so good for them. Tampa Bay is still in first place at six and eight. They're with the, they're like right there with the Las Vegas Raiders. The Bucks and the Raiders have the same record. Wow, I mean that's all you got to say. The Bucks started out the game pretty promising, and the you know they they really did. They really did. They were up, uh, were they up? Uh, Yep, they were up 17 to nothing in this game. So that's a pretty significant lead. So Cincinnati with a nice comeback. And it got to a point where it was like a blowout. Uh, 34 unanswered points. So that kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? Kind of, sort of. It kind of sounds familiar. Maybe not quite. But 34 unanswered points by the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. They absolutely obliterate Tampa Bay after... Uh, that icky start to the game midway through or really late actually into the second quarter almost halftime Evan McPherson helped stem the tide <laughs> with a 41 yard kick to get Cincinnati at least 3 points in the first half and then it was bombs away from there on 34 points for the Cincinnati Bengals and a measly 6 more for the Tampa Bay Bucks. And that's because, yeah, no, that's it's just it just didn't work out, basically, bottom line. Tampa finally scored very late, and the two-point conversion failed. So that's why only six points. Yay. I mean, with 52 seconds left, oh, they still might have a shot here. Ooh, no, they didn't. No. <coughs> still got to come back by 11 points, so good luck with that. After the two-point conversion, that was it. I guess there was a small chance maybe they could get a touchdown and a field goal. Joe Burrow really took over here. So Tom Brady, back-to-back kind of embarrassing weeks for him going against uh, Brock Purdy. Again, um, Brock Purdy really stepped up and played great against, you know, the greatest of all time in uh, the greatest of all time's home. And then Joe Burrow, who I think could in a lot of ways be the newest version of Tom Brady, kind of like passing the torch from Montana to kind of like, it's kind of like Montana to Brady, even though they weren't playing at the same time, but kind of in a sense, Montana to Brady and Brady to Joe Burrow potentially here when it comes to things, but maybe it's maybe it's Brock Purdy. Who knows? But um, that could be how things turn out in a lot of ways. They're like Montana to Young, Young to Brady, uh, Brady to uh, Burrow, and so on and so forth. So that could be what's going on, but it's two guys that could potentially be winning Super Bowls for San Francisco and Cincinnati and be up there with the greatest of all time someday. We shall see. An impressive win for the Cincinnati Bengals as they are now 10-4 and and in first place in the AFC North, and just maybe, just maybe, they might have home field. Uh, you know, they, they, but they're, well, yeah, I mean, there's only one bye now, so 
But you never know. I mean, they beat Buffalo this year. Let's not forget that. And they beat Kansas City. They beat Kansas City and Buffalo. So Cincinnati is, is there's something there. If this was college football, they'd be ranked very high considering who they beat. Very high. So with that, we have next week's opponent, the New York Giants, trailing 3-0 to the Washington Commanders late in the first period. They're not very impressive, and like I said last week, I do believe the uh, New York Giants are going to win. I'll play you the preview here very shortly. Chicago was shutting down Philadelphia for a very long time, and it was a nice feeling, but who do you think won the game? Even though it was in Soldier Field, of course, the stinking, yucky Eagles won the game. A couple of INTs thrown by Jalen Hurts, but still managed to get 315 yards. Justin Fields actually played better, but only 21 attempts. Yeah, I'm going to keep saying it. I mean, Justin Fields can play. He can play. And his athleticism is definitely a weapon. He can explode. He's got an explosion, a third year and such. But Jalen Hurts also kind of uh, (laughs) insanely athletic and powerful around the goal line and such. Got in the touch, got in the end zone three times. He's got a burst. So these are two quarterbacks that are going to be good for many years. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. Maybe someday this will be an epic playoff game if the Bears can uh, rebuild quickly here. I'm not sure. I mean, it seems like yesterday the Eagles were pretty terrible, didn't it? Weren't they kind of lousy, like a non-factor? Maybe they could run a little bit. They had a little bit of a pass rush, but they were nothing close to what we thought before or what they were not too long ago when they won the title. And now here they are, 13-1, and the best team in the league, basically, with the quarterback who just started pretty much. Yeah, he looks insanely good now. A lot of people are calling him the MVP of the league. Dominican Sue, of course, winds up there. We're happy for him. Um, six sacks in the game by the Eagles. Two of them for Josh Sweat. Two for Hus- Hassan Reddick. And two for Javon Hargrave. Crazy. Two, two, two. One sack for Joe Thomas of the Bears. Sorry. Yeah, but that's pretty much what happened. Um, Justin Fields, obviously there's something there, but Hurts... You know, he's like, okay, if I'm going to struggle and have interceptions, but you're going to give me, you know, space, I'm going to run for those touchdowns, and he did. So a little bit of a Culpepper action there from uh, Philadelphia quarterback Jalen Hurts of the 13-1 and one Eagles. Yeah, I hate it. I hate saying it. They're probably the, yeah, I mean, it feels like 2017 all over again where the Vikings were really good, but the freaking Eagles just wouldn't lose. They just wouldn't lose. And when they did lose, they still had home field advantage. And we were screwed. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to end a curse, you might as well do it the hardest way possible. Have the greatest comeback in NFL history. Maybe beat a San Francisco team that's owned you in the playoffs for the most part, except for 1987. That's it. Otherwise, they've owned us. The Eagles have owned us forever and ever and ever in the postseason. Forever and ever and ever and ever. You get the idea. <laughs> the Cowboys have given us crap forever. Even though he did win a playoff game against them in 99, that team was finished. That Cowboys team was done. It was like, whatever. You know, Aikman had a concussion, didn't he, in that game? And then I don't think he ever played again after that. So just like Steve Young around the same time, it was like the end of an era. Aikman and Young were were done. They were the quarterbacks of the 90s outside of Brett Favre. They were the quarterbacks of the 1990s. And they ended at the end of the 90s. So that was that. Uh, Detroit versus the New York Jets, kind of fun. Kind of a fun game to watch. And don't look now. The Detroit Lions, despite the fact the Minnesota Vikings are division champions now with an 11-3 and record, 
The Detroit Lions, after all they've been through, the losses, the, the close losses, the frustration, and the, you know, like, ah, oh, man, we were, we were so close, but we blew it again. They're 500. The Detroit Lions now have seven wins, and the Jets have seven wins, so that would put the Detroit Lions ahead of the New York Jets. It was actually the Vikings' easiest win of the year was the Jets, which is kind of weird and sad. It's sad. Uh, we are, <laughs> it's, it's really strange, actually, that it turned out that way. Freaking doesn't make sense, actually, to be quite fair. Zach Wilson returned. Good for him. A couple of touchdowns, but of course, that interception's always there. It's always there waiting for him, isn't it? Jared Goff was was decent, but not great. The uh, Jets defense is good. It's good. And that yeah, that's what gave us troubles at times in that game, and that's why the Jets were able to come back. And of course, the crappy Donashell defense helped the uh, New York Jets make a pretty good comeback in that game as well. But the Detroit Lions emerged victorious. Yet again, they have been winning and winning and winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. So insanely impressive what the Detroit Lions have been able to accomplish over the course of the last several weeks here. Uh, they are really something. They are. It's a team that plays for their coach, and there's some talented players on that team. They deserve all the credit in the world. They are far and away the second best team in the NFC North, and it's a crying shame for them that they had some of those close, stupid losses, kind of like the Vikings last year. But the Vikings didn't surge like this last season. You knew that team was done. You knew that team was never going to make it. Uh, if, if they made the playoffs, they would have been obliterated, them being the 2021 Vikings. The 2020 Vikings were worse, though, there's no doubt. But 2021, it's just, you know, one stupid thing after another. Missed kick here, fumble there, couldn't make the stop here, got obliterated there, lost to a third-string quarterback, lost to a backup, lost in every holiday you could imagine. <laughs> it was it was just disgusting, but uh, Detroit hanging in there and getting the win, so we're very much happy for them. I'm also very happy for the Minnesota Timberwolves outplaying the Chicago Bulls impressively in that third quarter, as the Wolves have struggled in the third quarter forever, a lot like a certain purple and gold team that plays east of here. Both teams do, but they're further east than the uh, Timberwolves are. Timberwolves are actually the farthest west of all the Minnesota professional teams, the farthest east is the Minnesota Wild because they play in St. Paul. Isn't that cool? <laughs> the Twins and Timberwolves are right out, right on top of each other. Target Field, Target Stadium. I'm sure you guys are all excited to hear me talk about that. Target Field and Target Center. Sorry. Target Center is the Wolves. Yes, you all hopefully know that, but not everybody lives in Minnesota, so you might not give a crap. Giants and the Washington Commanders so far 3-0 in favor of the Washington Commanders. Taylor Heineke's thrown for 40 yards. Daniel Jones has thrown for 13. Impressive stuff. So again, I'm not all that scared of Daniel Jones and you'll hear of that preview and history conversation right here and right now. After that, you'll hear from Gerald String. Let's go to the game we need to be at. The New York football giants here coming up. And we'll talk about some history. We've had a couple of playoff games with them and some interesting, uh, yeah, some some ugly games and some fun games. There's been some success and some failures. But generally speaking, New York has been a very successful uh, franchise overall for many years, winning four Super Bowls. Believe it or not, the Minnesota Vikings overall history versus the New York Giants has been pretty, pretty positive. 17-12-0. Isn't that crazy? But of course, some frustrating losses were mixed in there, and uh, at least one super important one, a couple of playoff games 
over the course of time, and one very, very freaking ugly one. We'll get back to that later. The New York Football Giants, there's a reason why they're called that, because the New York Baseball Giants used to play in New York, and they are the San Francisco Baseball Giants now, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Why do you need two teams called the Giants in New York? I don't know, because I guess it's a big, big city with a big, big ego, and these the, the logo from 1950 is actually really cool, where they have like a New York skyline without the Trade Center, because it didn't exist yet. You know, the original Trade Center that looks like a big, giant 11? Yeah, that one. That World Trade Center. <clears throat> uh, it didn't exist yet, but the New York uh, icon of the Empire State Building was in the image, with a gigantic football player throwing a ball, a quarterback, whatever, standing above the great, uh, you know, the great skyline of New York City. So kind of cool, like Manhattan and all that. It's a very cool logo. You should look that up. 1950, apparently. 1950 New York Giants logo. Not bad. A. Let's look at the Giants and, uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll look at the Giants history really quick first before we get to the, um, what, what they did with Philadelphia or how Philadelphia beat the crap out of them anyway. Minnesota Vikings won their first four meetings of this club dating back to 1964. 30-12 to 12 victory in New York, of all places, in the very, very first meeting. Interesting. Tarkenton was the quarterback, a very young guy. 40 to, and yes, that was his future franchise for a little while as well. Let's not forget. I do believe the Vikings played against Fran Tarkington at least once in 1971 um, and 69, too. Interesting. Yeah, he had to have, unless he was hurt because um, he was, yeah, getting traded. Mr. Norm Van Brocklin didn't like the fact that uh, that uh, Fran Tarkington scrambled. Oh, you can't be doing that. You gotta just, you gotta stay in the pocket. What are you doing? That's just unorthodox, buddy. But okay, fourteen to four. Uh, excuse me, forty to fourteen victory in '65, twenty-seven to twenty-four victory in the '67 Vikings, and then Tarkington and the Giants beat the Vikings twenty-four to twenty-three, and then the Vikings beat Tarkington in New York. These were all both back-to-back New York games, seventeen to ten and seventy-one. The 73 Vikings with Tarkenton won easily 31-7 to and wrote to a Super Bowl appearance later on. That was very late in the season. Might have been the season finale back then because teams played only 14 games. So it wouldn't surprise me if that was the season finale. But it helped the Vikings kind of look towards a, uh, a, a second Super Bowl appearance. Unfortunately, they would lose to the Miami Dolphins. Damn it. 24-7 <laughs> victory by the Vikings. In 76, an aging Viking team with, uh, I think Kramer was quarterback by then, because targeted blew his leg, uh, broke his leg early in the season. Vikings at this stage were 6-1 and one historically, but then a four-game losing streak during the 80s and early 90s when the Giants were the Giants. <laughs> they were the Giants. The 86 world champion New York Giants beat a pretty good Viking team 22-20 to in November, uh, mid-November. 1989, the Giants were still good, but not winning Super Bowls anymore. Actually, they were. Let's not forget. They did win one in 91, or the 90 season. 20 to, uh, 22 to 20, no. 24 to 14. The 1990 Giants. That was the World Championship team. 23 to 15. Yeah, they're the one that actually won, like early, you know, like January 91, whatever. And then 94. We didn't play the Giants until 1994 against, uh, yep, in the first round of the playoffs. This is, of course, the 93 season with Jim McMahon at quarterback. Things were, you know, Vikings were hanging in there the whole game and then ultimately did not win. 17-10, to 10, Chris Carter fumbled the ball away and ended up kind of costing things pretty much. He made the catch and then he just kind of coughed it up. I don't know what the heck that was. 
Chris Carter didn't know what it was either. Uh, before this game, Chris Carter came to my parents' salon. Chris Carter came to George's hair design. What do you think of that? That's a fact. He came to George's hair design to have his nails done. That's right. It was like a pedi- uh Not pedicure, but manicure. It wasn't like... Yeah, obviously not getting colors on his nails, but like, yeah, he was getting his nails done. A lot of those guys, like Moss and all them, they're, they're uh, very much into that kind of stuff, <laughs> interestingly. But I suppose his fingers and all that probably get beat to hell, so it's nice to keep everything kind of healthy and all that. This was in between the final game of the regular season, or actually, no, it was right before... Hey, nope, I'm screwed up in the head. The Vikings had just beaten the Washington Redskins, who knocked them out the year before, Clinched a playoff first of that 9-7 and seven record. Yay. And then we're going to play the New York Giants. Um, yeah, that's what happened. And then he came back the next week after the loss to the Giants and getting eliminated. And my dad teased him that, uh-oh, looks like, uh, I think it was, was it Lisa was the uh, uh, manicurist back then, I think was her name. <laughs> like, oh, Lisa maybe, Lisa made you, like, drop that ball. And then Chris Carter was kind of embarrassed, kind of chuckled embarrassingly. Uh, I wasn't there for that, but that's a, that's the story my dad told me. So, interesting. I thought I'd throw that little side uh, story in there. Yep, I met Chris Carter, and I did get his autograph at the time. It was CC number 80 was his autograph, or it looked like CC, but, you know, people write autographs kind of scribbly. Jim McMahon, a quarterback, nothing impressive at all. Mediocre game. He didn't turn the ball over, but, ugh, crappy, crappy percentage. I mean, very average. Uh, Sean Salisbury was awful as well. He came in and played for a little bit. I believe McMahon was banged up in that game. And Phil Stems, the wily veteran who was not the quarterback of the Giants in that 90 Super Bowl because he was hurt. Ended up being Jim Hostetler who was the hero and defeated a really good Buffalo Bills team. I mean, that Bills team probably should have won that game. Scotty Graham was the Vikings running back because Robert Smith was out and we were kind of you know, and Terry Allen was already out you know, for the year with the ACL and then Robert Smith had an ACL. It's just like, geez. So uh, we called up a substitute teacher named Scotty Graham. Remember those stories? Rodney Hampton, who was one of the really good uh, New York Giants years ago. I believe he was a Super Bowl MVP in one of those years. Maybe that 90 team. 161 yards. Jeez. Talk about Tech Mobile football right there. Jeez. He ran for a 51-yard touchdown on 33 carries. So, again, the NFL was quite different back then quite different. Thought I would get into that. Thought you guys might like that. Um, also, again, this is when LT was still playing, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, that guy. The Lawrence Taylor. So, interesting history between these clubs. Um, I don't know what I'm doing here. I want to go back to where I was. So, enough of that particular game. Thought I would dive into that. I apologize. The next year, the Vikings won comfortably with Terry Allen back, but kind of okay. Warren Moon, a quarterback. 96 Vikings lost to the... I barely remember that game. 15-10. to 10, Must have just been... Oh, yeah, of course. That was really annoying. Uh, the Vikings were 4-0. and And we were really excited and everything. 4-0 and Minnesota Vikings team. I kept thinking, oh, we're going to beat the Giants. We're going to be great. And then we didn't. So it was really stupid and frustrating. And then uh, the season... Uh, I don't know. The Vikings played the Giants a year later in the playoffs. We're losing the whole game, and Eddie Murray missed his kick and all that. It was kind of a gamble, and it was a miracle at the Meadowlands. The Vikings ended up winning by a point, our first victory in Dennis Green's uh, playoff history. So that was kind of funny. It was our first ever win in, in, the, in a postseason with Dennis Green. I believe he was already 0-4. We 
We finally won one. He would have been fired if the Vikings didn't lose, didn't didn't win this game. Kind of so some lucky bounces on the uh, onside kick, and the Vikings end up winning the game uh, with some spectacular luck. 1999, a Giants team that was not good. Uh, Vikings beat them 34 to 17. So I thought we'd be totally fine against them in the NFC title game because they look like a mediocre team in that really like a mediocre team, but losing all those stupid games late in the season after Culpepper had the high ankle sprain cost us home field advantage. Both of us were 11-9, and nine, but the Giants, for some reason, had some kind of uh, tiebreaker. And the Vikings fumbled both kicks. Both, uh, the Vikings fumbled the opening kickoff, and then the kickoff uh, when the Giants scored a touchdown right after that. And the Vikings fumbled that kickoff immediately after the touchdown. <laughs> and the Giants scored another one. So it was 14 nothing before half of the fans were in their seats. And the rest of the game just kind of snowballed into what it was. A pile of poop. 41 donuts. January 14, 2001. That's all you need to know. Next, <laughs> we played the Giants in 2001 and we did exactly what the Vikings do every single time. We have a either blowout, disappointing loss, or a heartbreaking loss in an NFC Championship or a Super Bowl the year before. We won. Yeah, we won against a much more mediocre Giants team. And that Vikings team was absolutely freaking horrible. But uh, Chris Lewinsky was awesome. Absolutely awesome. He uh, protected... Uh, he protected Culpepper nicely. I'm try- <clears throat> and that was against Michael Strahan. Really, you kept him in check. Very impressive there. 28-16, meaningless win. Vikings then would lose four in a row to the Giants. 27-20 in 2002, 2003, 29-17. Crazy that we played the Giants three years in a row on Halloween night. Another Halloween loss, 34-13. to What the heck was that in 2004? What the heck? What the heck happened there? It must have been Culpepper with 99 turnovers or something. I don't remember that one. Steve Christie was the Giants quarterback. Interesting. Interesting. He was the number one pick by the Bills years ago after the, you know, the Northcutt miss. Kurt, oh, that's right. Kurt Warner was the quarterback and just everything kind of went right for the Giants. He didn't do anything, Kurt Warner. It was just kind of crappy turnovers and and uh, Tiki Barber running all over us, and somebody named Mike Cloud. Four rushing touchdowns against the Vikings. Pathetic stuff. <clears throat> Weird. Yeah, I remember Barber, like, schooling us. That was that game, I guess. And the Vikings would win four in a row in 05, 07, 08, and 10. Yay. That awful 2010 Vikings won 44-7. to Nope, nope, this is the 2009 Vikings. I'm an idiot. Vikings obliterated uh, Eli Manning's club. Impressive 44-7 to win. All of us hoping, okay, this will hopefully be a harbinger of what's to come. And we had the heartbreaking loss to the Saints. A great 2009 team. Uh, the 2007 victory was insanely impressive as well. Tavares Jackson, a quarterback, nobody expected us to win that game. And little did we know, just about two months later, that New York Giants team would pull off the greatest upset in NFL history, defeating an undefeated Patriots team in the Super Bowl with a 10-6 and club undefeated Patriots team. So that was the same club. We beat the world champion, uh, 2007 world champion New York Giants. Can you believe that? We did it. We beat the Miracle Giants that year. But I guess a lot of other teams did as well. So that's great. Uh, the 2010 Giants kicked the crap out of the Vikings 21-3. I don't know why I'm going over all these. I apologize. Uh, most recently, the Vikings beat the Giants comfortably 28-10. And I believe Eli Manning is yeah, just pretty much toast. Uh, 
Yeah, a very good 2015 Vikings also, 49-17. That was a huge joke as well. We just tortured that club. Pretty sure that was a late game that we absolutely destroyed that club in Huntington Bank Stadium. Yep, because that was, yeah, when Bridgewater and all them. Yep. Solid game. Vikings just kind of crushed that club, and Eli Manning was awful. Three interceptions and such. So, now that I've babbled enough about that, let's look at the current Giants here. They looked good for a while. Now, not so much. They're not really impressing anybody anymore. So, I, what, do, what do we have to say about them? They're still in the playoff picture, 7-5-1, and one, but certainly not what they were before. There was a time they were pretty close to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now it's like nowhere near that. So they're kind of being exposed as frauds more than the Vikings were, I think. Tyrod Taylor completed five passes for a touchdown. That's impressive. Where Daniel Jones was mediocre, 27 of, uh, give me 18 of 27 with a touchdown. And Jalen Hurts kind of put the hurt on the Giants, I guess. Mike Sanders run for, uh, ran for 144 yards on only 17 carries and a couple of TDs. Looks like you can run on this Giants team. They're not that scary of a team overall. A couple of sacks in the game by the Giants versus the Eagles. But a very, very beatable team and a very vulnerable team. But the one thing that might be favoring in the Giants' favor, or might help the Giants a little bit, they're probably a pretty desperate team now, too, because they lose this game. You know, a team like Seattle could knock them out of the playoffs. And, of course, the Washington, you know, Commanders, if I call them the Redskins. The Washington Commanders, since that's their name now, I guess. Um... Philadelphia is kind of crushing everybody, so it's kind of hard to gauge really what to think about this Giants club. Again, Daniel Jones doesn't impress anybody. Saquon Barkley is dangerous. They're 28th in passing yards, 6th in rushing, so again, Saquon Barkley, but in total yards, 23rd overall. Their defense isn't that spectacular. I've seen worse, but I've been giving up 48 to Jalen Hurts, and the Eagles kind of is what it is. <laughs> it, it's just, you know... Their point differentials, we want to look at them really quick. Yeah, they're minus 33 on the season. So all of us laughing at the Vikings are a minus one with a 10-3 and three record. We are a minus one. The Giants are a minus 33. And would you believe this? The Giants are in last place in the NFC East but would make the playoffs today. That's how funky the situation is with some of these other clubs. Like Carolina, you know, is, is a complete nothing. So that's a really good NFC East. you got the best team in the league right now. And the second, maybe the second best team or third best team in Dallas. And then you have the, the Commanders and Giants who both might make the playoffs. So I believe that would be the first time in NFL history if both of these clubs make the playoffs. Though Washington, or excuse me, New York's chances may drop a bit, though, if they lose to the Vikings next week. So we'll have to wait and see. They are a minus 33, though. I, I just don't think they're that good. I think the Vikings should take care of business and get the job done. Uh, they've given up 300 points, which is by far the most in the NFC East. That's about 44 points more than anybody else, including the Commanders, who were also a minus club. Dallas is a plus uh, 131. Philadelphia is a plus 138. That is freaking psycho. Uh, the whole NFC South is a minus. That's funny, because Tampa got smooshed today. And the 49ers are a 120 plus, and everyone else in their division is not too good either. Um... So it's kind of like feast or famine when it comes to the point differential. It's kind of funny. Vikings should be able to win this game comfortably, I think. I, I would like to believe, anyway, that they can take care of business. Coming back to the uh, somewhat safe confines of U.S. Bank Stadium. 
to me, the Vikings, again, like I was saying, should be able to win this game comfortably by a final score. Something, I, I, I think the score is going to be high for the Vikings. I, this Giants team's not that great. I think they're probably, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up missing the playoffs. It would be cool to see all four teams make the playoffs, though. I think that'd be the coolest thing ever. An entire division makes the playoffs. And I think you should just cut Tampa the heck out of there and let Seattle in. As much as I don't like Seattle historically, I'm okay with them now. None of the players that I disliked back in the day are still there, at least for the most part. Um, the coach is still obnoxious. Oh, that looked like it hurt. <laughs> A crunch play near the end zone there. Um, Vikings are going to score 34 points, and the Giants are going to wind up with like 20. I think the Vikings win by a couple of touchdowns in the game. I'll probably be dead wrong, but whatever. I do believe the Vikings win this game comfortably. Delvin Cook, maybe he's going to get mad at me when he hears Purple Mafia, because I know he listens all the time, right? He's going to have 150 yards and three touchdowns next week and say, in your face, Purple Mafia, Joey Elijah, or Joey, Joey Elijah, or something. You know, people like to make fun of my name like they used to. Joey Elijah Wan or something. You know, people used to have fun with that one. You know, former Houston Rockets legend Elijah Wan. I took that as a compliment because he was a phenomenal player. I love Hakeem Elijah Wan. Um, <clears throat> God, he was good. The, the the dream shake. I actually practiced that, and I'm actually not bad at it myself. Not quite as good as Hakeem, though. Not quite. Just, you know, I'm, I'm pretty close, though. Almost there. Just uh, I just don't quite have the reach Hakeem might have had, though. To not only block shots, but to get around people and such. Again, point made, 34-20. to 20, Vikings win comfortably, I think, uh, again. I, I think, I mean, Delvin Cook should get to like 70 yards. I'm not expecting that much. I think Kirk Cousins continues a, a hot run. I mean, what a great game today. He, he gave it everything he had, and I think he'll have another one of those Kirk Cousins nooner types, 300 yards and maybe two or three touchdowns in the game. But again, the Vikings win comfortably. At the end of the day, I'm not expecting any crazy record, like individual all-time franchise records like Justin Jefferson today. <laughs> Sucks that it came as a loss. And it's in interesting how the last uh, time, it was Sammy White, it was against Detroit. The, the highest receptions way back in 76 was against Detroit. Kind of funny. That team did go to the Super Bowl, but they lost, unfortunately. With that, we'll take a quick break and get back for fan interaction. Joey, uh, it's been a few weeks since I did a call in here, uh, driving out in western Nebraska, blizzard conditions, man, we got locked down for about four days out here, seen pictures of uh, Mark Carlson on Facebook, so I uh, hope everybody's staying safe and warm, um, had a chance to re-watch the Vikings games a couple times, uh, watched the Detroit game, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of disappointments in that game, and I think when you uh, watch the game at, in real time, pretty disappointing that we made a few mistakes and we didn't come out on top. But by rewatching that, man, that was a great game. Cousins was playing out of his mind. Uh, Justin Jefferson was playing out of his mind. There was just some weird plays, you know, like the fumble and the, you know, the no touchdown on that JJ play. I mean, I think that would have been a 
touchdown if they would have uh, looked at that. The, uh, why did we onside kick? Why did we go for two? The fake punt. It's just a lot of weird and crazy stuff. I think we played as good as Detroit, though, in my opinion. So, anyway, uh, probably not a bad thing necessary to lose a game right now. Uh, I know they're uh, I've been reading a lot of stuff for their uh, – at least they understand their defense is pretty horrible, and we, we're going to have to get better at that if we want to do anything at all in the playoffs. But uh, anyway, I'm excited to see if they're able to fix that. Uh, should be able to win this weekend. Hopefully, by the time you play this, uh, we will have got the NFC North locked down. Hopefully, that should be the case. Hopefully, win maybe one or two more of them last games and get one or two home games in the playoffs if we can even get past the first round. So, anyway, again, like I say, we're going to have to fix that defense if we want to get past the first and second round of the playoffs, and then uh, who knows what the ceiling is for these guys. So, anyway, appreciate all the great shows, Joey. Um, sorry, again, I still I just don't spend a lot of time on Facebook during the, in, the in-game stuff. I just, uh, we've been staying kind of busy, and I'm a grandpa now, and uh, now we're getting ready for the holidays and got family coming in, so... Um, just don't have a lot of time for that, uh, for that side of it. But, uh, anyway, I appreciate what you guys do. I like following that lot. I do look at it every once in a while. And, uh, again, I, uh, appreciate the show. Um, hope you all have a Merry Christmas and we'll talk to y'all later. And as always, I thank you so much for that call. Gerald out of Nebraska, Gerald Swing, and a Merry Christmas back at you for sure. Um, Merry Christmas, no doubt. We're heading into that now. And, of course, we'll be saying that once again next week. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we'll be saying that next week at the end of uh, the New York Giants game, Christmas Eve. Interesting. How dare they have a game on Christmas Eve? That's terrible, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't go as bad as the... Uh, New Orleans Saints game a couple years back. Whew, that was on Christmas Day. Awful, 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 awful situation there. That Detroit game was quite an anomaly, wasn't it? It was a good game. It was entertaining. And it's funny how that awful blowout of a Colts game ended up becoming a spectacular game as we got deeper and deeper into that fourth quarter. And it was funny how those guys were saying that. Like, man, this is really a hell of a game. And that's pretty much what would happen. Uh, Nate Burleson, of course, former Viking in that game, or as the color commentator for that one. Uh, obviously great calling, and it's funny how we thought we were going to take care of business against a crappy Colts team. Yeah, we did, but it took, like, you know, the greatest comeback in NFL history to do it. It's just crazy and stupid that it turned out that way. Can't imagine what uh, Gerald had to say other than holy bleep, basically. Uh, we had a little short exchange on uh, uh, um, instant message, you know, or, you know, private message on Facebook, too. So completely understand if you're busy and can't be around very much and all that. I don't. I mean, I mean, yeah. I actually don't even post a whole lot during the end game as much because sometimes I get too animated and I start cursing, and I don't like to do that. It doesn't make me look good. So, like yesterday, I was going nuts. I was flipping out, and I apologize to anybody that may have been annoyed or offended by that. Like, what's wrong with this clown? You know, settle down, man. Not because you're mad that uh, I'd be ticked off at the way the Vikings were playing, but because of uh, just me, maybe the bad language and kind of flipping out maybe acting not acting my age of 43 so apologize to anybody that uh, may have been annoyed or offended was what I was saying a bit again I generally try to 
keep quiet uh, a bit and let you guys do the talking because that's more important, even though interacting in, in the game can be fun as well. Um, so, <laughs> again, really, really appreciate that, Colin, and Merry Christmas and great takes as always. Let's get around to some other takes and others such. Let's get to Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. The Pigskin Podcast Network retweeted the most recent episode, Purple Mafia, episode 388, Donna, Donna Hell Defense Breaks. Yeah, and then this one, I'm not even sure what I'm going to call it. You'll see the title, though, as I'm doing it. Something will come up, obviously, because it's the greatest comeback in NFL history. That might end up just simply being the title. We'll see. Um, the Pigskin Podcast Network out of Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, Malcolm McSween out of California, IA. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. I do believe Vince Germano retweeted it. It just doesn't show it sometimes. And I should say something. Call me a conspiracy theorist. I'm telling you, Purple Mafia on Twitter has been shadow banned. It has. Something weird is going on. Because when I try to even search for uh, for it through my other uh, Twitter accounts, I can't find it sometimes. It's weird. Like, it doesn't show up or whatever. Some something Something weird is going on. Because if you'll notice, it's been stuck at about the same amount of followers for like a year. That's not normal. So, I, I, I don't know. So it, I do believe Purple Mafia Show has been shadow banned. I'm not sure if it's because I curse sometimes during the games when I shouldn't be doing that. I probably get more animated on Twitter than I do on Facebook. Um, so, I don't know if that's what it is or what's going on. But something funny is going on. Wow, the Timberwolves just scored 150 points in regulation. That's impressive. That is impressive. Anthony Edwards at 37. Mm. We'll talk about that on Timberwolves Explosion. Do check out the most recent episode that came out on Friday. Otherwise, you'll hear about this one on Friday as well. December the 23rd. Wow, 150 to 126. Impressive win over the Chicago Bulls. Huh, very impressive. And they didn't have to make the greatest comeback in NBA history to do it. Wow. Anyhow, that's really crazy. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland says, makes a nice change change Saturday night football. We should have more games on Saturdays. I think so too. It's it's fun. It only seems to kind of pop up during later in the season. And of course, wild card weekend and divisional round weekend. You'll have Saturdays. You always will. And that is easily the best time of the year when it comes to football. There's both of those weekends. Wild card weekend and division round weekend. A lot of people would say division round because it's higher quality. You eliminate maybe like, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, dare I say. You eliminate teams like that that probably don't even really deserve to be there. And let's watch. They show up and play. Because, well, once Brady makes the playoffs, it almost doesn't matter. Maybe they pull up the greatest upset in NFL history and they do something that the Giants did years ago with the very guy that the Giants beat in the Super Bowl twice. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> that the uh, the Buccaneers end up being this version of that, that New York Giants team with the same guy, Tom Brady, that was beaten in those games as a massive uh, favorite. Pretty wild. But no, I really do enjoy the Saturday games very much. I do. I don't necessarily like the whole idea of podcasting on Saturday and Sunday, but because yeah, I did the first segment yesterday because that's the time to do it right after the game or a few minutes after the game, making sure I didn't miss anything important, and that uh, kind of gathering information together. And then, um, um, <laughs> one way or another, I was going to have information, if I liked it or not, yesterday, because <laughs> that was a lot of stuff going on. Um, 
about then, you know, finishing it up on Sunday because I like to look at the rest of the league as well. I hope that didn't annoy some of you. If it did, please tell me. Please tell me, like, next time, just do it right away on Saturday. You can, you know, skip some of that NFL roundup stuff. It's not as important. So if, if you don't think it's important, you don't want it on the show that much, tell me. Maybe, you know, if, if that's something you would prefer, let me know. Maybe if, like, if I hear that from people, I might consider it. Otherwise, um, we'll see. But for me, I mean, I, I enjoy doing it uh, very much. Of course, some sometimes it gets long, of course. I can understand. So here I go babbling more. Mad Martin says, oh, not a great start. And it really wasn't. He said, painful start. Forget, what was I saying? I responded back with, yeah, we always have to wait. And it was a painful start. Uh, Malcolm McSween, yeah, we were talking about Delvin Cook. I say five minutes in and I'm already bleeping pissed. I'm done with Delvin Cook. It'll be, you know, the, the fumble again, yep. I don't care about his cute little run. It means absolutely nothing. One second later, bleep that guy. And I hope stuff like that isn't what's getting me shadow banned because something is. Something's causing me to be shadow banned. And there's Delvin Cook right now on the screen. 1-800-ASK-GARY with a, yeah interesting situation there. Where's the replies? Why isn't it showing them? Shadow banned. Okay, yep. Malcolm McSween out of California says he can't run up the middle unless he has a huge hole. He doesn't seem very good anymore, and he really isn't. I was saying, nope, he really isn't. Uh, Malcolm continued saying, give uh, Kenny Nwangwu more touches. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we should. It seemed like he never gets to play at all. Whew, shoot, I just restarted. But uh, that didn't hurt anything. I just, two clicks later, everything was fine. Whew, little jittery, I apologize. I swear there was something else. Like I had a retweet type of response or something. Doggone it. This is what gets confusing. And yeah, I really do feel like some, something's... There's a shadow ban going on. Um, I swear. Yeah, when uh, Malcolm said he can't run up the middle, I was saying, I think he's done. He's got to go. Don't want to pay him another penny. Nobody liked that, so maybe people didn't like that at all. I was saying, Ed Donatale and Dell and Cook have to go. It's that simple. No response and no, no likes or anything. I couldn't believe it. It felt like 2018 all over again. Uh, Mad Martin was saying, this is grim. My takeaway from this so far is we are bleeped in the playoffs, and I was saying, I think so too. This is shattering, shattering all of our confidence. After the first quarter, Matt Ryan had a perfect quarterback rating. Luckily, not so much after that, um, but it is what it is. I was thinking it's officially worse than the Cowboys game. Mad Martin was saying, you're not joking. This is disgusting. I didn't like it. I apologize. Now I did, so I apologize. I don't know if I saw that one right away. Uh, let's get to the actual responses here. <sighs> yep, uh, Mad Martin was saying, need a spark on offense now. O needs to start moving the ball. The D has, has, has no hope otherwise. Yeah, because, well, get them off the damn field for a little longer. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. Uh, you know, they, they struggle. They struggle. They give up a field goal or whatever the heck. We turn the ball over five seconds later, and it's like, gee, thanks, guys. So, again... That's why there's no way in hell you could fire Ed Donatel after that game because the offense didn't help him either for, for a while there, him being Ed Donatel. Um, and I'm not a Donatel, uh, you know, I'm not a Donatel apologist, that's for sure. Uh, 30 to zip, says Mad Martin. Primetime Kirk today. Not sure I can stomach much more of this tonight. Yep. <laughs> and he said, like the fight back. Yeah, he liked the fight back. Oh, we were starting to kind of get our heads out of somewhere. 
And he says, this is insane. 36 to 36. Well, it's almost 25 years since we've beaten the Colts. No better time. Yeah, that 97 game. Isn't that crazy? Because the history between these two teams has been dominated by the Colts. And that would have been a fear going into that Super Bowl versus the Saints. But if you're going to win the Super Bowl, that would have been a great year to do it. Otherwise, the other year that would have absolutely been a championship team was 87. The 87 Vikings would have won the Super Bowl. And apparently 75, too. 75 Vikings would have won the Super Bowl. Um, they just would have. So, <laughs> it's it's a darn shame that uh, we didn't get to the Super Bowl those two years. It really is. <laughs> the Wolves were just scorching the net all night. It's kind of cool. Um, Malcolm McSween wraps up the Twitter saying, Yeah, I was saying I'm absolutely stunned. 36-3 to run. I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it either. Malcolm was saying, I was pacing the whole fourth quarter and OT. I was literally shaking after I sat down to watch the game-winning kick. Ha, ha, wow. And yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe it either. You know, I try not to be just a fanboy, and I'm sure, yeah, like Malcolm doesn't either. I try not to be fanboys, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, you just can't believe it. Like, I, I mean, I, I let out a huge yell, which I try not to do very much, especially in an apartment. Because when that ball went through, I, I couldn't believe it. Because partially, it's like I just got to see history. It's like we got to see it way back 30 years ago. I got to see it again. So, pretty darn amazing. So, let's get to the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. And again, I was being inappropriate and saying bleep this and bleep this and bleep Calvin Cook and bleep, bleep, bleep. And people liked it because they were mad too. Gerald Swing says, wow, 33 donut at the half. This is no championship caliber team. I, I completely understand that. One million percent. I mean, one million percentage. I mean, the odds of it happening are still very slim. It's just that the fact that they have enough fight to, to come back in that situation is interesting. Very interesting. Mark uh, Carlson out of Iowa says, I feel the same way to let the cowgirls roll all over us this year, and now this. Something is wrong. Yeah, it really felt bad. It did. I wish we came back against the Dallas team. That would have been more impressive, honestly. Wouldn't that have been cool? And then not get blown out by the Colts at all. Well, the Giants are starting to play a little better, by the way. Now that game's on the screen after the Wolves game is completed. And, uh, yep, they're starting to drive down the field. They're up 7-3. to three. Nice pass by uh, Daniel Jones, kind of threading the needle a little bit to James there, number 80 of the uh, New York Giants against the Washington Gophers, the Washington Gopher Commanders, because they look just like the Golden Gophers. Yes, uh, Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeye fans that listen would uh, know who the Golden Gophers are, I'm sure. Gerald Swing says, I can't believe this. Let's finish this. Yep, that was the comeback. Yep. Brad McCarthy says, Skull, Happy Holidays is the game. Only an NFL network, but yep, it was local on a... On a it was on a local channel here, but yep, uh, Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, Cedric Pauldings in Mississippi, so they were kind of stuck in that sense with the NFL Network situation, so I apologize to you guys. Mike Dale says, are you effing kidding me? That was at the end there. Brett Mark Carlson said, what the hell, Kirk? But apparently that was more of the uh, uh, Rager, Rager with the bad route. Kirk was not good in the first half, but the, uh, I believe that was on one of those interceptions that were both crappy and both Rager's fault, which is crazy. Eric Mostard says perhaps it's the best game, or it's best this game isn't being broadcast in my area. That's when things were really bad. Vicky says this defense can't stop anyone. Cedric Paulding says it's amazing. Our DC still has a job. 
Bear Carlson says the defense is weak as bleep. They seem slow to react. So slow to react. Brad McCarthy says, holy bleep. Blood pressure is on the rise. Had to check. We came back. Listening on the radio. Paul Allen is going crazy. Mike Dale was saying heads need to roll. Yep, that's those things were going bad, of course. You can figure that out, I'm sure. Because, unfortunately, this is not chronological in chronological order, which is really annoying. So, it's not your guys' fault. It's just the way this sets up. It doesn't come out in chronological order, which I'll never understand. Because it used to. It used to. <laughs> Change isn't always good, Facebook. Eric Mustard says, Stop me if you've heard this one before, but the Vikings are imploding at the end of the season. Yes, we have, unfortunately. Even during the Favre year, when he blew up our chances to have a home field advantage. Um, 98 was the only year we didn't do that, and then we just stopped playing after the first half versus the frickin' Falcons in 98. But we'll move on from that. Tony Coleman, I sense a slight amount of sarcasm. What? I'm shocked, right, about the Vikings collapsing in December. Yep. Like 2009, we should have had home field advantage. We should have had home field advantage. As good as the Saints were, they started losing some games. They weren't like the Eagles in, in 2017 or right now, where they're just not losing games. They're just not. Vikings would have had home field advantage over the Saints, and I do believe that things would have been different. There may have been some turnovers, but I do think that Vikings team escapes and gets to the Super Bowl versus the Colts, and we'll see. Anyhow, Brad McCarthy says unreal, but I can't, uh, but I can believe it. Yeah, when that says things were bad, yes, not good, but he, yep, yep, he can believe this would happen. Uh, Mark Carlson says our punter is crazy good. Yes, he is. Except for the, yeah, well, the block punt wasn't his fault. Uh, the, uh, what you call it, the uh, fake punt was not good overall. In general, it's just not a good play call. And throwing it to the, the a player that's just kind of short in, in that kind of situation, it was a stupid play. Uh, Mark Collins says, no, not now. Patrick Peterson with the injury up, getting banged up and such. Mike Dale, this is when everything was bad. Uh, the Vikings have failed in every phase of this game at home. This isn't just a train wreck. This is two locomotives slamming into each other, and I can't look away. 30 to zip with five minutes to go in the half. This will be a record-breaking day, and someone, wow, will lose their head in a sacrificial way as a result of this pathetic display. I, yeah, if, if that game stayed the way it was, oh, there would have been at least one firing, probably a Donatale, and maybe, who knows, maybe, who knows, maybe somebody else along that staff. But, um, <sighs> isn't that something? This will be a record-breaking day. I just got a, just amazing, look at that. Mike, you're a, uh, you're a prophet, man. <laughs> you are a prophet, this will be a record-breaking day. Yep, and it's just amazing how that phrase came out. <laughs> Isn't that something? Mark Carlson, there it is, the before I die, the Pilsner. or Yep, I believe it's Pilsner, right? It's a lager. Maybe like it's not quite Pilsner. It's a little bit thicker. Uh, he says, before I die. Yep, that's, of course, Sterling with a nice graphic. And this team needs to establish themselves every down, every game. Um, yep, that's the Before I Die, again, from Surly, which uh, obviously is the main sponsor for Score North, just like uh, DraftKings is a main sponsor for this show and the uh, Pigskin Podcast Network. Brett McCarthy says, listening on the radio, thank God I couldn't bear to watch this. What else is there? Horrible, just horrible. Tony Coleman, South Dakota, says, this is embarrassing. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> it really was embarrassing. And then things came around, thankfully. Brian McCarthy says going crazy here. Or, excuse me, Mark Carlson. That's when things got better. Jerry Hicks out of St. Louis says, Who is getting fired after this debacle? Ridiculous. I'm so tired of this bleep. Yep, I feel you. How things were going, I totally understand. Mark Carlson says, Oh, my goodness. Oh, Yep, and then KJ for Fran Targington Award. Yep, and he got it. He got it. Cedric Paulding, Cedric Paulding, Mississippi, says, I really question the, um, yep, I really question the, does this team really want it at times? We play so lack, lackluster at times, yeah. Yep, and it, it, they really, yeah, they really were at the time, and something changed somehow, some way. I was thinking it's completely disgusting, complete lack of urgency, and getting run, uh, getting run out of the building so far. Cedric responds with Coach O'Connell looks lost on the sideline. It was weird. He said it exactly, and Coach O'Connell looks lost on the sideline. Tony Coleman says, I came home from work at 12, 19, hoping the Vikings could provide me a little joy. Nope. Well, eventually they did. They just made you wait a long, long, long time, but eventually they did. Mike Dale says, Donatel needs to be shown the door. Dalvin Cook is turning into Adrian Peterson 2.0. Believe me, I am terrified of that. I, I really am. It's like our worst nightmare, isn't it? Well, one of them. <laughs> uh, giving up a late drive to that stinking Patrick Mahomes. I don't want that either in the Super Bowl. I mean, you get to the Super Bowl, you, it's just like, we got this far, please win it. I don't care how good the other team is. Just please win it for the love of God. Anyhow. I'm obsessed. I, yes, I am. I am obsessed like crazy about that. Delvin Cook is turning into Adrian Peterson 2.0 with this. Now, constant fumbling. This game might be over in the first quarter, and it sure felt like it. Mark says, good to see Nate with the microphone. Skull, that's Nate Burleson, former Viking and Seattle Sea Chicken. Mark Carlson says, boo, 17-zip, and the game is just getting started. Yeah, it felt like the New York Giants game. It felt like the New York Giants game, the 41 donut. The, the, it's like down by double digits before half of the fans are in their seats. It was just ridiculous. Eric Mostard, there's the Vikings miscues, according to CBS. Yeah, this was CBS. Blocked, yeah, Vikings miscues. Blocked punt for touchdown. Return for touchdown. Delvin Cook, fumble lost. Failed, uh, failed fourth down on, oh, <laughs> that one was bad, man. The failed fourth down on our own 31. Like, what are you doing? And a failed fake punt. <laughs> Colts 20 points off miscues. It's just, yeah, it's funny and sick what was happening. It was kind of funny. Like, you read of those miscues. Um, <laughs> Eric Mustard was like, WTF. And, yeah, I don't blame him for saying that. It's, that was weird. Dave Hickey from Iowa says, I might have to walk away and shut this bleep off before halftime. What a joke. And then Mark says, I'm not sure what's going on. And now we head to the jubilation. Probably some still frustration at the beginning, but this is a very large <laughs> post-game thread. A lot of times it's like 8, 10, this time it's 31. 31 comments. And of course, a couple are for me as well because I had to say something because I can, right? I was saying, stupid app kept rejecting my posts. Have I been banned from my own page? And I was laughing. I was saying, I figured I'd post this now because I truly doubt we will see the greatest comeback in NFL history today. So I got to kind of be with Mike Dale with that one. Um, of course, I was saying I doubt it that we'll see the greatest comeback. Mike Dale says this will be a record-breaking day. Yep, little did he know that it would be. 
but you know, in, in a different sense, but still, it was a record-breaking day. So, if somebody was to win the grand prize or something, that's Mike Dale. It's not me. Me, that's just like random, weird, good slash bad luck, bad but very good bad luck, the best bad luck ever. How I would say that, and then we did have the greatest comeback in NFL history. <laughs> There was the weirdest little pinch. You know how you feel something just strange sometimes? Like like your neck, your throat, whatever. You're just like, I don't know. I probably shouldn't put that. I, I shouldn't write that. But oh, okay, I'm going to write it. Like they're going to actually come back and win this. They're going to actually come back and win this game. Ah, click it. Even if we score 21 points, yeah, we still, we're still down by two touchdowns. Plus, two touchdowns plus. So it's like funny how that turned out. And I said, it just happened, 36-36. Yeah, that was Brett McCarthy, not me. That was Brett McCarthy. And I said, I never thought I would see this happen. I'm glad I jinxed the Colts. And Brett McCarthy says, me neither. He couldn't believe it. Tony Coleman says, that aged well. Yep. <laughs> Kyle Anderson plays for the Timberwolves, apparently. And then he says, well, wrong. <laughs> yep, I apologize. Hopefully you have, uh, you're still a uh, listener of the show. Kyle Anderson, yep, he's power forward of the Timberwolves, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding, I know. There is a Kyle Anderson on the Timberwolves, which is kind of funny, but welcome to the page, Kyle. Nice to meet you, just in case. Hopefully I didn't irritate you too much with uh, that post. You know, you can always have fun with it, right? Like, who's honestly who's honestly ready to pick the Vikings to come back from 33 down? Like, do you think... <laughs> just the odds of that happening, uh, you know? It's incredible. Gerald Swing says, I was never worried. <laughs> like where he made the funny face. Like, yep, I was never worried. And Brett McCarthy had the laughing face. And Gerald says, awesome comeback. Yes, it was. Gerald continues, says, if you haven't uh, if you haven't already heard, largest comeback in NFL history. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Tony, Tony Coleman out of South Dakota. Proof that it ain't over till it's over. All right, Yogi Berra. <laughs> I'm just kidding you. Uh, biggest comeback in the NFL history. Wasn't it really something? And it really isn't over till it's over. It really ain't over till it's over. And I'm. it's an unbelievable proud feeling to know that the Minnesota Vikings are the team that had the greatest comeback in the NFL history. It is an unbelievable feeling. Um, and it is ironic how there was the great comebacks of the NFL. It was a videotape that came out around 93-ish. And, of course, the final, that was the, basically the final thing that triggered that video was the, the most recent comeback and the largest comeback in NFL history, the Bills and the Houston Oilers. I don't, know, I don't remember if that was 93 or 94 around that time, but um, it was a videotape, VHS, that came out in the early half of the 90s and how the Vikings did have a 28-point fourth quarter against the Philadelphia Eagles of all teams. The Philadelphia freaking Eagles, you know what I mean, what they do to us all the time. But I suppose we've beaten them in the regular season a number of times. But unfortunately, that one was not a playoff game. The Vikings did score 28 points in that fourth quarter. Still, that was the most remarkable comeback in Vikings history. So we've, we've done it before, but, um, you know... <laughs> But this one was uh, bigger. It was a bigger, bigger number. Eric Mostard, my blood pressure during the game. It's dit, 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 way up. Oh yeah, see how it shows the uh, the um, winning percentage favoring the Colts or the Vikings. So you know how it goes. Of the you know they, they they show this while you're having the box score update on Yahoo Sports and other things. But I think it's mostly Yahoo and how it's like. Uh, <laughs> 
the Colts were favored to win by like 99% basically for pretty much the second quarter until almost the end of the fourth. Yeah, and then it crashed like the, like the 1929 stock market <laughs> as it headed into overtime and it became less than 50% and so on and so forth. Then it went back up as the Colts had the ball and felt like they were going to do something and then again, everything went completely downhill as the Vikings started moving past the 50-yard line into field goal range. Sorry for the noise and won the game. So, there I go prolonging things. I apologize, but I had to remind everybody about the 1929 stock market, too. So, apologize for being rude about that. Brad McCarthy says, Hell yeah, great comeback in NFL history. Derek, er, Eric Mostard says, It's going to be impossible to give out uh, stars in this show, isn't it? Almost everybody. <laughs> Almost. Um, <laughs> Eric Mostard says, In the NFL, teams are 2-103. and 103. Went down by 20 points at halftime. Those two wins? Kirk Cousins. That was this year? Was that this season? Jiminy Christmas. So yeah, Kirk Cousins, Kirky McClutchiton, as uh, Phil Mackey calls him. It was mostly sarcastic in the past because it was like a crappy team years ago, like last year and such. But Kirk started showing signs of being clutch in the fourth quarter. Now he's clutch in the fourth quarter. He just is. <laughs> Giants lead 14-3 to heading into the half. We'll see if the Washington Redskins, I call them the Redskins again, the Washington Commanders if they can come back and win this game. So we'll see another epic comeback. Taylor Heineke almost getting sacked, pushing off, throws it to somebody, but it's incomplete. So it is what it is. It looks kind of like Rich Gannon out there. There's a little bit of movement moving around, but not as good. Rich Gannon did play for Washington years ago. So, yes, he did. Um, ah, let's keep moving. I apologize. He played for us as well. It looks like, uh, are they punting or are they in field goal range? That's yeah, a punt. Yeah, Washington just can't get anything going. Bummer. <coughs> Tony Coleman was saying, who was he responding to? Yeah, he was saying, fascinating. Thank you for the info. He was saying, well, what was the other game? Was it when he was in Washington? He said, nope, he was a Viking. Oh, yeah, the Bronco game. The Bronco game. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um... Is that NFL history or what? No, that can't be history, can it? So, Eric, uh, how long of a spread is that? That can't be all time, can it? And if it's Kirk Cousins, it's pretty crazy. Um, that's pretty weird. But, uh, yeah, the Vikings were down by 33 in the second one. That's crazy. Andre Charavong says, yeah, because I know he was a Falcons fan for many years. Many years. He still is a Falcons fan, by the way. He's, he's a local guy. But he's a Falcons fan. Andre, yep, Andre, yep, we both went to Maranatha Christian Academy. He's class of 97. I'm class of 98. He's a few months older than me. Says, uh, I'm a Matt Ryan fan, and I stand with him. And I understand. That's fine. I mean, we're not against you. Uh, he had a hell of a career, and, you know, <laughs> he looked pretty good against us. And let's not forget how much damage he did to us in that 98, uh, excuse me, 2008 game. He made us look pretty stupid in that game way back. Me and my brother were actually at that game. Back in 2008, I remember going home and doing the podcast. That was my rookie year as the Purple Mafia host. Here I am all these years later, you know, and I wasn't really a rookie. I mean, I was, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd always been kind of an audio type of guy. I just never actually did it. 
where it was an actual real podcast until that year, which is kind of funny. Um, but no, not about me. I apologize. Yep. So that's cool to hear from Andre and, you know, and yeah, you know, a fan's a fan, right? A fan is a fan. I'm not going to make fun of him. That's the thing. You know, we weren't really trashing Matt Ryan on this show. That's the good part. Just amazed that the Vikings were able to pull off the comeback. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel terrible for Matt Ryan and, and Atlanta Falcons fans when the, uh, Patriots came back and beat them. As much as I wanted the Patriots to win that game because I like the Patriots, I'm a Tom Brady fan and I stand with him. So it's similar that way. I'm a Tom Brady fan and I stand with him. Yes. Call me call me this, call me that. Um, but I felt terrible for Falcons fans because, you know, they got snake bit in the 2012 NFC title game. That was probably, a, you know, that should have been pass interference. And they got robbed. It was crappy. So if I remember, that's what it was. I think that's what happened in that game. Yeah, Matt Ryan was just unbelievable around that time. From about He was already good, but from about 2012 to 2016-ish, Matt Ryan was unbelievable. And then, yeah, obviously age has caught up with him over the years. And it's crazy how, like, the last few years the Colts have been kind of like what the Vikings were for a little while. They're bringing in old quarterbacks and not going anywhere. So I'm kind of sad. Tony Coleman continues saying McConnell has tied Denny Green for most wins in a rookie season by a Vikings coach. They are only two. They are the only two to win the division their first year. Yep, impressive fact there. And yep, I remember. I remember that was my rookie year as a full-time fan of the Vikings was Dennis Green. So, yep, very cool. Uh, Dennis Green, that was exciting. And an offensive coach coming in to coach a very good defensive team with talent on the offensive side of the ball. Terry Allen ran for 15 touchdowns that year. He was absolutely great. And then, unfortunately, had an ACL in the uh, training camp of 93. So that sucked big time. Um, again, good old 1992. Good old 92. And the stupid Redskins beat us in the first round. It was so dumb. God, I hated that. Uh, let's continue. Let's hope nothing like that happens again. Mike Dale. Oh, my Lord. This is a lot of stuff. And I don't mean like Mike Dale. It's just a lot of comments. Yep, uh, should I save Mike's for last? I think I'm going to. I tend to do that. Yeah, I'm going to save it for last. So I mean that as a compliment, of course, but all of you are great. Mark Carlson says, Thor's hammer. It took three quarters of beating the opponent's defense into submission and through the most impossible tiny crack poured a Vikings horde who snatched victory right out of the hands of Matt Ryan. From now on, no lead is safe. We are Vikings. Yep, believe in you. I hope that ultimately happens in the biggest game there is. I, I, You don't know how much, and I'm going to say it again. I'm obsessed. You don't know how much. <laughs> Just imagine if that was the Super Bowl, and what a way to end it. What a way to end the drought. What a way to end everything. All the heartbreak and frustration to come back and win, or some super close nail biter and the Vikings win it all. I hope so. I will second you. We are Vikings. Cedric Paulding continues as well. I was... it. Well, it was rough in the first half, and rightfully so. I must admit, what a flawless second half. The best half of football this team played all season. Yep, yep, yep. Hard to argue with that. <laughs> they score 30, 36 points, so it's pretty impressive. Dave Hickey says, wow, what a comeback. The greatest in NFL history this whole season has been unbelievable with the opposite of last year's results. Kirk Cousins is the comeback Kirk. Yep. Brett McCarthy says, for health reasons, I can't be a fan anymore. Just kidding, fan for life. Yep. Kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Now, where did this come from? 
<laughs> Weird. I almost missed it, so I apologize, Mark. As the game came down to the final moments out onto the out onto the field, the, the player with the most to prove after all, after all that had taken place to come back and tie the game. Here comes our kicker. All the pressure in the world was on his shoulders, and he proved to be a Viking in that intense moment. Yep. Greg Joseph, of course. Dave Hickey says, I quit watching after the, the Vikings three and out after the half. Then the Colts tacked on another field goal. That's when I shut it down, but thankfully I had it taped. But but then the tape runs out before the winning kick. I just now watched at, at halftime of the Buffalo game. Skull. <laughs> yep, can you imagine? Yep, the Buffalo-Miami. Yep. Wasn't that? Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yep, and then uh, Gerald says, you're not alone. Yep, that's crazy. So let's just keep going. Let's keep going. Eric Mostard says, point differential among teams with 10-plus wins. Yeah, there it is. And I posted something similar as well. So sorry, Eric. Uh, you beat me. Yep, so I apologize. I was late to the party here. Eric says, uh, yep, one thirty. the Eagles plus 138. Buffalo Bills plus 132. Dallas Cowboys plus 131. And the Kansas City Chiefs, plus 86. Minnesota Vikings, minus one. <laughs> wow. Urban legend. That's another urban legend. Not just the 33-point comeback, but that's another urban legend. This game was filled with urban legends. Um, and here's all the uh, 999 Minnesota Vikings games ever played. A portrait of joy and pain, including four Super Bowl losses, some NFC title wins, uh, some big playoff games, some big playoff losses. The 41 Donut, the Green Bay Packer, you know, too much moss in the end zone, you know, rainy night in Green Bay, whatever, misty night in Green Bay. It was beautiful. It was awesome. It was, you know, but then the 1,000th game ends up being the greatest comeback in NFL history, which was in our favor. So the 1,000th game in Minnesota Vikings history ended up being a 33-point comeback, which has never happened in the history of the National Football League. And I was saying scary stuff. I posted something similar from Yahoo Sports. Eric Mustard, you get the credit for that. I apologize. You get the credit with that more interesting graphic than what I posted. So, God bless you, Eric. You're going to get a star today for sure. Tony Coleman says, It's the mo it's the most Vikings way to be 11-3. Viking way to be 11-3. and Being a minus one in the point differential. Mark Carlson says, So true, Tony. So, there it is. There it is. I'm going to fix that. Yeah, I'm going to switch those into love, not like. There you go. Because I love you guys, right? I do. I like you a lot. I like you a lot. Sorry. With that said, now i got to attempt to pass out the stars, which is almost impossible. But this is going to be a two-hour show. But, of course, what did you expect? It's a historic day. It's a big show. Massive first segment. I went on and on and on about the Giants, and I, I enjoyed doing that. And uh, there it is. <laughs> and a lot of... Fan interaction. I can't imagine why there'd be a lot of fan interaction. Gosh, you guys must be bored. No, you guys are not bored. You guys are <laughs> busy normally. But it was so interesting. Everybody wanted to say something. And thank you guys. At least, you know, <laughs> thank you guys so much for jumping in and really appreciate it. Everybody deserves at least a bronze star for this. Everybody is at least getting a bronze star at the very least. So... The official bronze stars of this show will get silver-plated ones. Look at it that way as we head into the season of giving, which I like to call Christmas. Um, apparently, NBC doesn't. But, <laughs> okay, there I go, making apologize, but running my mouth here. Oh, boy. 
how do I even go with this? It's almost impossible. The gold star with this episode, my God, it could it could go all over the place because so many of you deserve it. And the one that gets it, though, the, the one or two people that get it absolutely positively deserve it. Don't feel I'm trying to cheapen it and water it down. Like, oh, well, 30 other people could have got it, too. No, I don't mean it that way. I truly, I'm truly being sincere here. But I want Gerald String and Eric Mostard to bring it in today. The gold star. Platinum lace gold star. It's going to go to you guys. Silver star with gold plating on it. Got to go to Mark Carlson, Dave Hickey. You guys got to bring that in. And uh, Tony Coleman, too. I'm just, oh, I I just, (laughs) I love you guys so much. You just don't know. I mean, maybe you do know. Cedric Paulding is at least, at least, at least deserves a silver-plated bronze star, if not, you know, platinum-laced gold. I mean, just you guys are just so great, you know. Uh, you guys are so great, and doing this show is such a pleasure, even though it can get tiring sometimes, but, and there's games like, well, you know, and Brett McCarthy, how, how does he not get a silver-laced bronze, at the very least, if not gold-plated silver, or whatever it would be. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's why everybody at least gets a bronze. Everybody at least gets a bronze. But McCarthy is at least getting a silver-plated bronze here. But, um, oh, and Mike Dale. What the heck? I didn't even read what he said. So he's another, like, gold star, pretty much. He's pretty much another gold star or gold-plated silver. But let's just kind of leave that where that is, and let's read what he had to say before I rudely ignore it, which I was not intending to do. I was just saving it for the last. Here it comes. But this is at least a minimum a gold-plated silver here. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Gold-plated silver or platinum-laced bronze. Uh, Platinum-laced gold or just flat-out diamond, whatever the heck it is. Brett Mike Dale out of the New York area says, Zombies, this team is outrageous. Here's a stat to digest. Teams are leading by 30. Are 1,548, 1 and 1 since 1930. That's freaking crazy. Since 1930. So there was a tie? I'd like to see that and to think we almost were the tie. Do you realize we almost were a second tie? That would have sucked. <laughs> that would have sucked. Teams that are leading by 30. Wow. 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 Uh, I, I guess the loss. Yeah, so that first one was Buffalo. And now we're number two. Yep. He says, this is that is a big number. Because football games don't happen as often as like an NBA game. Or, you know, but even in the NBA, 1,548 games is a lot when there's an 82-game season. Football, there's, there was 14 games. There were 16 games. Now there's 17. So the 17 just started since 1930. 1930, 92 years ago, ladies and gentlemen. There probably isn't a, yeah, there's almost no chance that any of those players are still alive from that time. And, you know, like, in yeah, I mean... <laughs> Unfortunately, that generation is gone. You know, that's got to be the silent movie generation. Like, you'd be only 20 years old. If you're only 20 years old, you're born in 1910. Think about that. Think about that. There's probably a couple of people still living from 1910, but not many. Not many. Just a couple. Uh, he says, that's ludicrous. One, uh, 15, 48, and two now. That is food for thought. This season is bonkers, so platinum laced gold yeah anyhow so while i was watching the game in the bar while one of my best jets fan friends was taunting me the entire first half i accepted my fate that said i told him a team with justin jefferson and a quarterback like Kirk cousins who is the king of garbage time we may rack up the points rather quickly 
Well, this is the result. He originally had the Vikings by four, but doubted me to the point where he made a second bet to plus 28 to the Colts at halftime. Oh, interesting. Oh, you could do it in the middle of the game. Yeah. Couldn't be more happy to mention that he lost his shirt twice. Yeah, so it's like, oh, they would at least, yeah, they're going to win by 28 now, you know, because, I mean, the Vikings might score a couple points, but they'll still maintain a 28-point lead to get the money. Yep, interesting. Um, couldn't be more than happy to mention he lost his shirt twice. His loss, let that be a lesson to him that the Vikings will always do the opposite of what you want them to do for you. Well, yeah, that's a scary thought too, isn't it? <laughs> this was the most craziest. Yep, I like how you say this is the most craziest game to witness. But I feel against a good team, we lose. I'm, I'm afraid to. My friend award is for KJ Clash, and thank you for that. Yep, I love the way you're. Uh, I, I love the name that you that you use there. That's the Purple Mafia version of uh, KJ Osborne. Yep, KJ Clutch, as he came through in spades. High marks to Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Ponder award, well, the defense. In the first half was horrendous, as were the special teams. That said, how is this team 11-3? Crazy. We're going to get rolled in the first round. Oh, I, I hope not. Unless Donatello gets his arse together. Edited the unintelligible drivel at a later time when I sufficiently sobered up. Yep, this team drives me to drink. Yep. <laughs> so, yep, thank you very much for that, and I apologize for almost screwing that up. That would have been horrible, but, yep, I mean, great great writer. He is a fantastic writer, the way he puts his emotion, puts everything together, and the wordiness is classic, absolutely classic, and imagine <laughs> imagine a New York accent or East Coast accent mixed into all that. Just, it's perfect. It's just, it's perfect. That's gold. That is gold as gold can get. <laughs> and that is the Purple Mafia fan base right there. The Purple Mafia listeners, the Purple Mafia family. Thank you guys so much. I mean, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, uh, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. You know what I mean? So Merry Christmas. Most of us are probably Christian, so I, I feel very comfortable saying Merry Christmas. I'm never going to be the type that would just say Happy Holidays. Um, and, and if you do, that's up to you. That's your decision. I can't uh, tell you what to do. I'll respect your decision on how you approach things. Yeah, it is what it is. So with that said, um, just again, thank you guys so much for the for being a part of this. Anybody out there maybe that you haven't come forward, you know, like some people were listening for a while and then came forward years later, like a Justin Day, like a Tony Coleman. Yep, I was like, oh my God, he was twine ball the whole time. Isn't that the coolest thing ever? Remember, you know, remember that? Mark Carlson, I think, might have been listening for a little while and then popped out in 2012. Dave Hickey, 2013. I mean, it's just so darn cool. Uh, though I, uh, Gerald Swing went way back to 09. Uh, it's just crazy. I think Twineball went back to 8, 08. I think so. He started. He literally started out on the sportsstuff.com and we had message boards. Pretty cool. So <laughs> that was that was awesome. Um, so it's got to be about as, one of the oldest of the oldest. Um, I know Sam Gupta goes back to at least 2009. Uh, Justin Day apparently didn't. He kind of popped in around 2012, but he was actually a listener all the way back to 2009. Uh, Justin Day, Justin from Rochester, who's a big Score North guy, uh, big fan, and he also does his own uh, YouTube as well, Purple Days. So very cool, very cool. Thank you all of you so much. Again, if you're out there and you want to help the show, maybe you haven't kind of 
come forward, but you want to help share, share the show, uh, tell your friends about it, write a positive rating on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts. Well, I don't know if Google Podcast has that, but uh, Audible does, Stitcher does, uh, Spotify has a star rating. So the guys could do that. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. Help purple, help the Twitter account not be shadow banned. Give it a follow if you can find it at Purple Mafia Show. I'm not sure what's happening there. And if you notice some weird activity with that, tell me, tell me, because something's going on there. So I'd like to know what. It's really strange. Otherwise, let's not make it about that. Um, don't be afraid to call into the show like Gerald Swing did. Open up your smart device. There is a free free voice recording app on every single smart device on the planet just open it press record treat it like a phone call hit stop and then share it slash email it to paladino live at yahoo.com paladino live at yahoo.com i would then convert it into an mp3 file thanks to zumzar with a z.com really appreciate what they do so i'm more than happy to give them a free plug where you can convert uh, sound files into whatever you need for your editing or whatever the heck you might possibly be doing other than that Again, Merry Christmas. We're heading into that week now. Hopefully the Minnesota Vikings can continue their trend versus these, uh, this okay Giants team that's not as... They're, they're way better than they were than we thought coming into this season. Sure, sure they are. Because coming into this season, a lot of us thought they might be 4-13 and 13 or 5-12 and 12 or some crap like that. They're probably, you know, they're at least an above 500 football team. They're, they're decent. They're better than the Colts. Washington, same thing. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. Hopefully the Vikings continue to get the job done and get our record to maybe what the score shows right there, 14-3 to in favor of the Giants. Hopefully that's the Vikings' record as we wrap up the regular season with 14 wins. That'd be amazing. So it'd be similar to the 13-3 and season in a lot of ways, but half a game better, I guess. <laughs> kind of weird. And then uh, go from there and pray to God for the best. Uh, otherwise, out there, stay safe. Uh, the cold is back. Whew! I don't miss the mist and the and the moisture and all that. I don't miss that and the mess. But the cold's pretty intense at first, especially when you're not used to it right away. So the cold's back here in this part of the world. Um, Mad Martin, like again, it's just love you so much. I didn't, even, you know, and I apologize. I didn't really say anything with the stars. Um, he has so many stars. He doesn't know where to put them all. That's how good Mad Martin is. And I'm not just saying that to be nice. It's a fact. Like a lot of you have heard him call in. So. No kidding, right? <laughs> yeah, so no kidding, no doubt about that. And Merry Christmas, Mad Martin, absolutely out of Northern Scotland. Um, love the Collins, but love the tweets too. The tweets, uh, the tweets show the same emotion and the same passion. Obviously, sometimes you're busy or it's late or whatever the heck is the timing. Just it, it is what it is, you know. I mean, we're we're adults, we're busy people, so that's how it goes, unfortunately. Um, so, with that said, all of you have a great week. Let's come back on Christmas Eve and celebrate a Vikings victory to get to 12-3. and That would be pretty cool.